Welcome to another episode of Knives Monroe versus the podcast. I'm Knives. How you guys doing? Hopefully you're doing well. Trent Knox is on the show, and this is going to be a heavy one, a deep one. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. Trent, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Good, good. Well, Jocko would say good, mm-hmm. good. As long as you can breathe, good. That's all that matters. Um, that's cool, man. So it's pretty early in the morn. And so thanks for taking time out of your day to, to, to talk to me. I really appreciate it, man. What's on your mind? So before we got on the line and started recording, um, I was just have, talking to you about, you know, a mutual client of ours who we've worked for in the past has decided to, to separate, um, my services and, um, and I don't feel I don't take it in any neg- negative way. I, I I don't I don't. Um, maybe it could have been done a little differently, but that's neither here nor there. Um, I really appreciate you know Robert Robert Gardner's uh, you know guidance and some of the things that he's been going. And I was telling it I was telling you that you know I enjoyed working with him and that that I felt like there was a purpose to it and. Um, then moving forward, my my mindset and the kind of things that I I'm, I want out of the future, um, it, I'm kind of in a weird place because I don't necessarily have direction uh, in that regard toward another thing that I I find respectable, having purpose and uh, and enjoy uh, enjoying the work that I do. So you and I are different. Um, we have different philosophies. Like if we were music, we'd be, we'd be playing in different keys. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd be, a, I'd be a minor key. You'd be a major key or something. And um, so, uh, you know, it's always a struggle to. I think you to, might have been, if you were, if you were, in, if you went back in time, uh, no offense. Um, I, I think you would probably relate more. But now that you're down the timeline a little no, bit further. No, 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 no. I'm grateful for the experience that I have. Mm-hmm. And, and it's afforded me a broader scope of view. Um, mm-hmm. it's, like a, it's, like a, it's like a wider lens aperture, you know, mm-hmm. not, not, a, not a telephoto lens where I, I see less. I, I feel like I can, I can see more. Um, and, and, and trust me, like... This whole well, I, that's what I'm saying. Like it, if, and I take, if it I, compared I, apples to apples, I take no offense to the back in time thing because I don't see any downsides to my age. But do bear in mind, you know. When oh no, I, I'm saying a positive thing. I know. I'm saying it's positive that that you're you've got more experience. Well, so I don't know why I would take offense to that, but you know, I I know what it's like to live on the streets and have nothing, and have mm-hmm. nothing, mm-hmm. and in a weird not, way, yeah. I'm not afraid of that. Like that's worst case scenario for a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a, a lot of people are miles away from that, from rock bottom. And so, so long as you are miles away from rock bottom, that's good. That's a good thing. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my default. Like somebody asked me on a podcast the other day if I was happy and I was like, don't ask me that. Don't ask me if I'm happy. I'm grateful. That's kind of my, my bottom line. My, my base is grateful. So I operate from gratitude first, 
and then I weigh out all the options, uh, even when shit is bad. Like, you know, if I get into a car accident and my car is totaled, that sucks. But am I conscious? Am I alive? Can I wiggle my toes? That's the first place my brain goes to, you know, is what could be good about this. And in these dire times, it's it's time to go into problem solving mode. And you mm -hmm. have you have permission to to grieve, but at the same time, the clock's ticking and it's time to make moves. Um, mm -hmm. And so um, what are your thoughts on on welfare? Uh, are you, are you asking me whether I think it's, it's good or if it's bad, is it black and white or can I, can I kind of, Oh, paint, I mean, paint picture take, take the here. ball and run with it. Okay. I think, I think when we look at it from, from a big picture, um, and we, we don't just, I think it takes, it takes a lot of, of, interpretation and, and looking at it because in some ways I'd say it's bad and in some other ways I would say it's good and it doesn't matter whether there's a big pandemic or not so I think a lot of you know people who would consider themselves Republicans or would consider themselves Democrats would 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 lean toward welfare being um, an absolute need versus uh, somebody taking advantage of the system. But in these times, that that kind of black and white picture is, is very blurry. And um, it doesn't matter who you are or what side of the, the aisle you come from. Um, everybody needs access to resources. And I think that the trouble with what's going on right now is there's no and and before at least from my circumstance i don't know if it's the case with other content creators or employees or business owners or whatever category you find your or whatever label you want to put onto yourself or someone else has put onto you um that we've all kind of been dealing with this uncertainty and and some people call it some people, at least in the uh, internet, um, the IDW, intellectual dark web, have called it the big nap. And in in that regard, it's kind of this: people have been going about their routine, not uh, being introspective or or um, not quite viewing or seeing the perspective of, of, of an incident like this where the, the economy is collapsing. So the question you, you posed to me was, um, was, I think, what do you think about welfare? Yes. If I'm correct. And I think you gotta, you gotta, you gotta build that foundation first of what I just said to understand that in this time, welfare is an absolute necessity whether you're talking about food stamps um unemployment uh, uh small business distri uh, loan distribution grants um the complete one 360 um 
um, write-offs for student loans. Uh, and I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I'm some sort of accountant or lawyer or anything like that. Um, so don't take this as like financial or legal advice. But I, I, at this point in time, I think government aid is a necessity when, when the, the business of commerce or employment is uncertain. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts are on, and this is a heavy topic, um, and just for the sake of not getting into the weeds, what I'm about to ask, mm -hmm. um, but are, have you given thoughts on where you stand on the abortion issue? And I have a point with this. I'm going to bring it back to welfare. Um, are you what they call pro-life in that you know, you the baby. It, it's, it's a baby. It's a baby, and the baby should be born, and maybe put it up for adoption or something. Or are you pro-choice? It's a woman's body. It's a woman's right to choose. And so, if she chooses to have an abortion, um, that is her right, and that should be legislature. What are your? Where do you fall in that category? And and given, you know, you may change your mind in the future. So whatever you say now, let's just tell the audience: be flexible you know, presented with certain information, maybe you would change your mind, right? But just on today, for the sake of the conversation, where do you stand? Well, the build foundation on my on my philosophy and my belief system, um, I've always heard the statement, it takes a village to raise a child. And in that regard, I don't think it comes down to a mother or a father's decision making, um, which makes it, which probably would make me lean towards uh, the pro-life category, because I'm not a nihilist or a doomsdayer, in the sense that the community would decide to, to, um, I guess, I would feel that's euthanization of a, a potential um, work, you know, a, a worker within the community. I, I, I think, you know, when I look at these things. Um, I'm looking at the bigger picture, and I understand like a the the you know mother may not want the child, or the father may not want the child, or vice versa, or whatever the situation may be. But I I consider myself pro-life uh, when it comes to the the community level. It's interesting. Um, the reason why I ask is I I'll bring it back to what Brian Kern host of the common chaos podcast has been on about and he and his girlfriend becca have called this epidemic the awakening and i i like that term quite a bit it's very catchy it's very cool um of course when i'm on a podcast my phone's gonna get blown up let me turn off my messages here um it's very cool i like the awakening idea and i've never mm -hmm. seen the world at once in my lifetime become so self-aware and this is an this is a crisis this is a a global concern but it's also uh, the most existential time in my lifetime that i've seen certainly as an adult 9-11 comes pretty close but that was almost um that was really americans problem it was america's problem you know in a lot of ways personally it was personal in that way but this is the this is the globe. This is our species. And part of that awakening idea is I've seen a lot of people change their minds on how things should be. 
when Donald Trump got elected into office shortly thereafter, especially my generation, but shortly thereafter, a lot of, a lot of uh, people started becoming political if they weren't before. And they took this sort of, um, we should have known better, we should have been more proactive. You know, they took this, for lack of a better euphemism, armchair quarterback approach of, it should have been this way. It should have been this way. And there is a butthurt quality to that. There's a butthurt quality to your Super Bowl team not making, not winning the game. There just is. Or in this case, Hillary Clinton or whatever. And so I have seen these pro-choice people that say, don't tell me, kind of libertarian, let's just say, don't tell me what to do with my body. Don't tell me what drugs I can put in my system. And now I've seen them kind of relinquish that independence and beg the government to come in and fix this and fix their, whether if it's unemployment or fix their, you know, they need grants or loans or a surplus or not a surplus. What's this called? The, uh, the, the, the Trump, um, um, the $1,200 that people are supposed to get, I forget what that's called, stimulus. Mm -hmm. And now people are saying, they're throwing their hands up in the air. And this is a broad generalization. Like, take this with a grain of salt. I'm kind of, I'm simplifying this for my audience just so they can track this. I'm trying to make it like as simple. And this is not a simple time, but trying to make this in a, in a melodic way. But I've seen people say, government, help me. It's your responsibility. And it's interesting. I've just seen a lot of people flip-flop in a way. And I cannot help but feel, and this might be my baggage, but I cannot help but feel that this is a time to take control and take action on what we, what we can control in our house. Um, I do not personally depend on the government to swoop in and save me. I don't even know if I think they should. I don't know if I believe that's my God-given right. I don't know if I do. I don't think I do. Um, and in times of economic turbulence and uncertainty, at the very least, what happened to tapping into like our inner power as people to say, I got to take charge of this and I got to do something. I got to do something, you know, when, when, and this is the last beat I'll say, and I'll, I'll throw it your way. But when people in the military get out, there's this whole ideology that them, their service isn't done. There's this, philosophy that you may not be wearing the nation's cloth anymore but you know you you're still you, you're still walking like you're forever a marine kind of thing you know like or or forever an army person you know like if you see somebody in need you better have that first aid kit in your car and pull over and help them sort of thing and I really like that about the military it's not just a job you clock out and you're like nah I'm not gonna I'm not going to do that. And I've appreciated um, the veteran approach to this as well. Like in a way, 
they kind of saw it coming because they live in such a apocalypse um, apocalypse mindset, sort of like, what do we do when the world ends kind of thing. And I don't see them saying, the government saved me. The government fixed this for me. I see them taking a more like, okay, do I have what I need to build a fire? Do I have what I need to clean water? Do I have what I need to hunt? Do I have what I need to eat? Like, do I, you know, I see them taking that approach, which is scary because, you know, we all got comfortable and fat as Americans in the past 10 years during this um, bull market. Um, all of us did. And we're all caught off guard. We all don't know what to do. We're all looking for answers, whether if that's on Wikipedia or staying up to date with Dr. Fauci and stuff like that. We're, we're all scavenging for answers. So in this confusing time, like, let me ask you, and I, I'm sorry for teeing it up so indulgently, but um, I haven't had a lot of people to talk to that I respect that I know that can have this conversation and are willing to have this conversation, quite frankly. But... How do you balance the government taking care of you, being, um, I don't want to say dependent, but it, but how long do we wait for the government to take care of us? How much are we owed that? How much are you owed that? And and how do we balance our can accountability where we have to kind of take the wheel? Okay, so... There's a lot to unpack there. There is. Um, Take your time. So I have a very um, different perspective of our military, and and that's because I grew up, you know, as a army brat is what they like to call people like me, and there are two dis directions that you can go in that regard, and that's either down the route of – also joining the military and becoming a part of the government mm -hmm. or um, um, uh, and, and I'm going to use a negative term that, that they use in the fraternal societies called a goddamn independent and um, and being in the position that I am where I did not go to go down the route of uh, the military uh, I have been labeled a goddamn independent but um, can you can you respected. define that? Can you define that? That's something worth highlighting. What does that mean? Because I don't know what that means. So the 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 goddamn independent. What is that? What is that? Well, so uh, often in the fraternal societies or sororities, uh, they 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 say this statement um, to mean that you are uh, that you're a GDI and, and this is mostly seen in the, the fraternal organizations within, um, within colleges or universities, um, on a, on a cultural level. It's, um, it's not necessarily, you know, um, broadcasted, um, online or in the media. Um, and, and it's part of a, a secret society or a cabal, of of sorts and unless you have unless you have experienced uh this if you unless you have this experience which you may experience outside the university system uh in in, in online you can kind of relate it to um men going their own way migtow um and 
the negative experience that I have from the sort of fraternal direction of the military, whether you go into the Marines, the Air Force, the Navy, or the Army, um, in the, and this is specific to the United States of America. I'm not sure, Knives, if, you're, uh, if your audience goes international or not, um, because there are obviously other countries that it is a, a mm-hmm. government requirement to serve in the military. Right. Um, but at least in the United States, that is a, a pseudo choice to, to most men uh, in, in the United States of America, even though when you turn 18, you are contractually obligated to serve if the time were to, to come. Um, and what I'm basically saying is that the people who choose to join the military, who don't go and try to, to go their own way, are sheep that they're looking for something to uh, some entity to to guide them through life because they don't they lack direction they lack motivation and so they need a system to instill that in them and um and for a lot of us and and I'm and as an individual who did not grab grasp this uh this understanding uh I did go to college, and and college didn't really imp, uh, <clears throat> implement that structure into my life, and and it's very been very difficult to create that structure for myself over time. But uh, some people join the military, some people go to college, some people uh, live on welfare, some people all look to be dependent in some way um, and I think that the military while you said a lot of them a lot of veterans uh, carry that carry the the badge of honor or, or or their branch of the military service past retirement or past the time that they they served there's an equal amount of veterans that um, that did not do that and um, have animosity towards uh, being tricked by recruiters or by um, their family or by any entity that that point them in that direction because they were not suited to be molded in that way. Um, And sometimes I feel that way about the university system is because, you know, or maybe I say, you know, as a, as a, as like a, passive thing um, not intending for anyone to understand this um, I hope that people if I make this if I simplify this that people will be able to understand this we are we aren't necessarily being directed by leaders that have our best intentions and so whether that's you're being told that you need to that you you need to go to school and, and that everyone goes to school and that's the only way to be successful. That may be uh, a, um, that may be d- a, un, uh, unjust. That might be uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Um, it, it may not be your purpose and it may not suit you as an individual because it might be pointing you in the wrong direction. That's the same uh Way that our commercial military is it has been, um, been ran, and so 
sorry, I got hooked on that. What was the question? Well, again? I asked you just to the to define what a goddamn independent meant. Oh, right. But before that, what was before the... that? It was how do we balance being dependent on welfare versus being independent and and take and trying to take control. I'm trying not to make that a loaded question, but like, I don't just the being opposite, being whatever the opposite of being dependent on welfare is like basically being independent and, and trying to take control of what we, what we can, you know, whether that is where we put our money, what we invest our money oh. in, what, how we basically our, our, um, our work ethic, things like this, um, the things that nobody can take away from us, um, stuff like mm -hmm. that. So how do we, how well, do, how do you balance that? So I think it's important to note that being a goddamn independent in that regard, um, is an extreme, um, I believe, um, because ultimately we've got to remember that our species, we are still human and we can maybe go down the conspiracy route that, that people can get to when I was talking about fraternities and stuff like that, that, you know, um, people can go down the lizard people route or whatever. I don't but think that's, bring I don't think that's relevant right now. Well, yeah, but I think that, you know, I, I definitely want to touch base with those people because it's important to still touch base with people who feel um, alienated from society. And so what I'm saying is that to bring this back down to earth is you want to have a sense of belonging. The balance is finding that community. The trouble is, is finding those individuals that we want to be a part of your tribe um, when you are in the position where you need to start make a fire um, and these these kind of uh, fundamentals of, of being a human being is food, water, and shelter. Do you feel like your, your family is, and by your family, I mean like your mom, your father, your, your siblings, your, you know, just like whatever they call that, your immediate family. Do you feel like they are that tribe uh, for you? Uh, for me at this, at this time, it's, it's, um, it's difficult. Uh, and I, 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 if, if I had the choice and, and if, you know, if, if I was, if this, if this game, I was, I was on God mode, I would definitely choose. Uh, I, I would, I would like to, I would like to see what the roster is and, and then, then be able to, you know, put together the best team. And I wouldn't say that these individuals uh, presently in my life are would would be the best team. You know, I'm not looking at the all star lineup um, and that could, that that that's because, well, they they, they they're self-serving for themselves as well. You know, they don't have a group. uh they don't have a leadership quality, um, and that and that's tough uh, because leadership can be learned. And um, did you pick that up along the way, leadership? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I was part of a program um, during during my adolescence that 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 instilled in me leadership skills and not everybody you know had the acuity to 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 pick these skills up and and understand the importance of of community and understand the importance of uh, of a, a tug and pull being the you know the front and the back uh of of the line you know being being the navigator as well as the uh, 
the director, you know, um, there's, there's a such thing as being the driver and being the co-pilot, you know, um, and then being just a passenger. Uh, I totally and, agree. Let, let's, I'm, I, I always try my best to, um, maintain, maybe I got a little bit maintain, too. No, 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 no. And that's okay. Cause you're, you're answering the, que the question that I asked you about being, you know, did you consider your family to try it? And I asked you the leadership question, so that's on me, but I am, let, I feel like in order for you to answer the, the welfare question versus mm -hmm. the anti-welfare, <laughs> well, I don't know what to call it. Um, in order to answer that, you need to finish your point maybe on the goddamn independent, right? And and m maybe you do need to do that. I, it sounds to me from what I've picked up just from this conversation, if I'm tracking you right, this there's the the natural disaster example, such as Hurricane mm -hmm. Katrina, where New Orleans needs some help, goddammit. And, mm -hmm. you know, at the time, it wasn't as fast as it should have been. It wasn't as, an, as ideal as it should have been. Kanye West goes on the relief fund and says George Bush doesn't care about black people. That's pretty much what people remember. And so there's that needing welfare and then there's the goddamn independent like those are maybe two extremes is that what you're trying to say and and there's one extreme or the other and are you is that what you like i have to ask like you know just from what you're saying like um well the trouble is is that that do you de uh, do you default to that sort of cynical approach to independence it's a goddamn independent and all the baggage that comes with that well, here's the thing, and when you when when we when we start to define what how people use colloquialisms and how people uh, how people differentiate the English language, um, that statement "goddamn independent" doesn't mean what we you and I may think of it means. Um, okay, because it does have racial connotations. Oh, I uh, didn't know that. Yeah, and. Um, it is, racism is alive and well, especially in the university system. Um, the, uh, the, if I may, I, uh, um, I searched up goddamn independent on urban dictionary and mm -hmm. here's what urban dictionary says. An insult used by pretentious idiots in Greek organizations to try and make those outside of their membership seem beneath them pretty much as a as childish as it gets and here's an example the frat boy called the non-greek student a goddamn independent the non-greek student proceeded to laugh at the immaturity of the frat boy is the is the example so it's a way to it's a way for a tribe to alienate someone who's not a part of the tribe Oh, but it gets much deeper than I'm, that, and I and I, I can well, see, I can I can see the person who writes, uh, I I can see the type of archetypical person that writes a a definition like that. Um, well, here's another and, one, and this is according to Google. It's the first thing that Google pops up. No, absolutely, it's I, goddamn independent or GDI. It's the same. Uh, it says a person who is not affiliated with a Greek chapter. A lot of GDIs use the term to proudly assert their unaffiliated status. I get that. What does pledging a Greek organization mean? How does it differ from being offered a bid? Pledging 
is a Greek organization's version of purgatory. So a goddamn independent, it's like it's like saying a goddamn atheist, you know? Like I'm an atheist, goddammit. Um, you know, it's kind of like saying uh, I'm ironically, you know, in in irony's sake, it's 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 actually the opposite. How? Um <laughs> What, what it's saying is, is like, I'm a part of a, 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 almost an apolitical tribe. Yeah, but in practic, in practic, in, in application, it, it actually it is much, much different. So, and I don't want to get down, go down too much of a rabbit hole. This will get, go back into the whole uh, conspiracy route. Um, there's a lot of Greek, it, there's a lot of Greek attachment and maybe it's even Greek, like Greco ideology, but there's it, a lot of it is. It is. Of, it is. So and, this, and the this, sort of democratic sense, because you know, yes, and it, it comes from, from it. Com and it derives from you know the fall of the Roman Empire and, and the building of the Roman Empire, and subject matters like Christianity and things like this um, in practice. Uh, and, and there's a lot of historical. Um, conversation that, that needs to be had, and I'm not the most well versed in this regard. Um, Sorry about that. I opened up a video. Must yeah, no weird. worries. Um, and somebody made a short film called "Goddamn Independent." I'm sure that is an interesting film to watch. Um, and there are a lot of there are a lot there there are some documentaries out there that kind of discuss the foundations for fraternal organizations. Um, and some people who are who are lower on the on the the hierarchy of uh, the Greco the of the Greek Greek life or are lower on the Masonic order uh, may may be frustrated with some of the information that I'm you know um, communicating with you and your audience. Um, but I believe through my Rite of passage, passage um, that it's better to educate and and instill a sense of purpose in in people uh, rather than than dividing them from the community at large, um, and that kind of sometimes happens to people within organizations. So mm -hmm. whether it's the military, whether it's Greek life, whether it's uh, Mason. Uh, Masonry or uh, Masonic orders, the Scottish Rite, um, the Illuminati, uh, uh, Skull and Bones doesn't doesn't matter. And I think the you Dragon want, Order. I, I think you're implying American patriotism at large. Uh, well, never that. Um, <laughs> so, if you believe, if you believe that 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 nationalism. And patriotism is uh, is not only a capitalist commercialized uh, system. Like at this point, what is the Fourth of July? What is a New Year's? What is a St. Patrick's Day, other than an opportunity to sell products and services? I'll take that as a um, a rhetorical question. I mean, no. I'm asking you, like, personal opinion. Like, what I, is Christianity? What are these things that? 
Christian, you know, so I think these things are firstly traditions, secondly symbolic, and I think it is in American DNA to capitalize on symbols and to capitalize on traditions, but I don't think it was created by the Federal Reserve to make money or anything like that. Like, I don't think it was created with the, and maybe some holidays are like, I don't know, a Valentine's Day or something, like a mm -hmm. more modern, but even then that has like, I don't know, like a pagan sort of nucleus to it. I don't know, I'd have to look that up. But mm -hmm. for me, like, I think the 4th of July is most commonly connected to America's birthday, you know, sort of thing to it for sure. Um, but there's also Memorial Day, right? And, and the Hol Hollywood totally capitalizes on that for sure, you know? So I guess this is where I, I, I go back to understanding why people within these organizations may label me as a GI, GDI is because I'm not I'm not um, I'm not signing or or making a blood oath on something that that's uncertain and that there's not you know I get, you. I get that I get and that. so you, you don't want to have a label and be so easily defined from on, on one tribe necessarily one tribe hasn't um, purchased you right or or you're not affiliated well, I already, with I mean, one I tribe, think, other than maybe the someone, human tribe. Right, that's the foundation. I guess there are some some things that you just can't choose. Like you can't choose who you, who your parents are. Right. You can't choose what nation you're born done, born under. You can't choose anything from the jump. So. Um, you just hope that the parachute opens when you when you land. I understand. So let's take all that charge and bring that to my initial question. And I feel like, ooh, mm -hmm. if we close this loop, thank goodness, um, which is my goal. Because I'm always thinking about the listeners in mind who are mm -hmm. listening to this podcast. They can't watch it. They can't see it. We don't have graphics, you know, so they have to. And I want to say I appreciate that because. Of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's a sonic narrative at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um and so it seems like it's irrelevant whether you label yourself as a GDI or if society at large perceives you as a GDI, mm -hmm. it is what it is. But when it comes to welfare and the balance of, 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 um, gosh, it's just like, how do you, how do you label this? Like, of somebody who accesses their own, I'll just say personal power. I just feel like it sounds so cheesy. Um, but someone who's like. Well, here's the thing. There's, there's microcosms at, at all levels. I'm, I'm sure that there's colloquialisms that, that are thrown around for outsiders at like the United Nations. Um, I'm sure there are, are, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of language, um, harmful language that gets thrown around in any society um, that that you know in, uh, is inclusive for certain people but exclusive for others, uh, and and that's that's where I try to to do my best to to 
avoid that sort of that sort of conversation. But then at the at the end of the day, when we start talking about welfare and you know why somebody like Donald Trump got elected and why I voted for him um, was because of this nationalism that that there has to be some safeguards for for situations that 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 occur after birth that you're that are not under your control okay so let me refine the question and kind of get to where i was ultimately curious mm-hmm. how long before how long how long before you're no longer waiting for the government to save you before you take action and what is that action and is it possible to take that action first while waiting for the bureaucracy to come full circle um I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm in specifically of... come uh regarding government aid are we okay so so here's here here, here i need to differentiate two things the question um i i'm not too certain if it's a personal question it's for me personal for me for me and if this is just like for us to 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 gish gallop about and 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 potentiate about uh for the audience and let me just let me be specific about my for me um and not the not the royal me um right i don't i don't necessarily want to talk about the royal you masking right well, I you. mean, the royal you is the audience when I say that. Okay. And um, so anybody who can relate, relate to this, uh, I don't know what is right at this moment. But I'm not going to uh, let opportunities pass me by. Sounds like a song. I know that. Would a you song. say, yeah, it's like a. It's not, is that Frozen too? Just kidding. But would you say that uh, you would capitalize on said opportunities if they presented themselves? Right. Here's the issue. I think that a lot of us are facing is that we're putting ninety percent towards finding that opportunity, whereas it should be the inverse, where ninety percent of the opportunities should okay. be finding us. Okay. So interesting. And this. When you go on your public platforms mm-hmm. and you start waxing about shoulds, I'm like, it drives me fucking crazy because I'm like, where do you, why, why do you, where do you get that from? Why, why should it be that way? And and here's why I ask, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put this salt on it. It's mm-hmm. like it's like you said it yourself. We can't control the parents we had. We can't control which country we're from. This the our skin pigmentation. We can't control our genetics, right? Um, I, why okay. should we be able to control the opportunity distribution? Hold on, wait, wait. Re- repeat that. So you said I'm gonna play it back. No, I'm not. I can't play it back. Ah, oh, God damn it. Um, you had said that it should be the opportunities come to us. It should be 90% of the opportunities are coming to us versus the search for. And I and the word, it should be this way. Where does that come from? What is that? That's like saying I should have had 
Jocko Willink is my dad. No, 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 no. Why why should you have had it that way? Okay, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I know that's Um, not what you're saying. I'm saying that. But my question is... Where does where does the it should be this way oh, okay. come from? Yeah, 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 Specifically yeah, yeah. when it so, comes to opportunities. So when you were born, when I was born, I don't think that society was uh primed in, in, to for the way that I was I was talking about. Um in that ninety percent of what we do is us going to search for an opportunity. But somewhere around two after nine eleven, maybe even after two thousand eight the whole system got flipped the opposite where there was so much abundance and opportunity, but the opportunity never see suck, um, look to seek out the, the rec- receivers or, or, you know what, can you understand what I'm saying? Like the, yeah. the opportunities never put where, where, where it was never like you're sitting there and all these opportunities are coming to you. I it think, was still like the old I, system. I feel like that perspective is a generational perspective. There are probably people in their 40s and 50s who say that's not the way it's supposed to be, Trent. Oh, absolutely. No, right? I, and and I, agree, and I yeah. think they're kind of right. And I'm going to I'm going to make a a wrestling Wait, example. I don't I don't think they're right anymore. I I well, let me It used to be that way. Let me say let me put it this way. Um and this is different. This is like a very weird. I'm, I know you're not into wrestling, but this is all I know. So I apologize to everybody. Well, I'm ten percent. I'm ten percent literate. Right, or, but there's or, a lot of lore. There's a lot of mythology. Like I'm ten percent yeah. literate on Marvel, but there's a lot that I don't know. Right, um, mm-hmm. and wrestling is its own. It's its own fantasy. Right. So, mm-hmm. but to talk about the real side of wrestling, the opportunity side. Um, let's say, in the '80s, like. Hulk Hogan, and then the 90s, which was like Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? And mm-hmm. and the early 2000s, let's say let's say up until 2010, um, you had John Cena, right? So you had these eras of success. You had Hulk Hogan, this six foot eight jacked like that, and you had to be that to be that. And then you had Stone Cold Steve Austin, who just revolutionized the as far as the money and attention going into wrestling. He was like the the, the X-Men all in one. Mm-hmm. And and then you had John Cena, who was like this sort of made a lot of money, won all the championships, was on all the talk shows, was very accessible, and and was there when the company changed to a PG product. Okay. The thing that they all have in common was nobody, um, the opportunity didn't go to them. They went to the opportunity, which is this old idea like what you talked about today flash forward to 2020 the wwe that the wwe has created a a performance center where they can create superstars inside their organization and they do they have talent scouts or they will draft from they will draft people who have nothing to do with sports they're just they have a good look or like a football player who has a good build they will draft yeah. people bring them into their system train them from the top to bottom and create this this sort of synthesized version of this wrestler, right? And some people succeed from this factory. They do. Like, I, I don't want to go into the names because you might not know them, but they do. Um, and so I've heard the person who created this system, Triple H, 
who married Vince McMahon's daughter, and that's how he was able to do that, um, in case you didn't know. And that's why he's able to do that. He said, look, back in my day, you had to take an opportunity. You had to step on somebody to, to take their opportunity. And, and I'm not romanticizing that. I'm just saying that's what he would say. And then uh-huh. he said, but today, it's, it's on you if you fail today. Because look, we, we're, we're teaching you how to cut a promo. We're teaching you how to wrestle. You get to work. You get to experiment on television. Because now these sort of um, garage shows that they have are now televised. And people like it. It's become a brand. Um, and he's like, so if you can't take the ball and run with it and become the next John Cena, that's on you because they've now given them all the opportunities to do so. It's sort of the, the Trent Knox idea of how quote unquote, and the word should is very interesting to me, how it should be. So now in that company, in that organization, that's the way it is. There's opportunities going to you, you know? Um, but guess what? I... There's a chasm. There's this large delta in between John Cena and who the next person is going to be. And I think it's created a softness. It's almost taken like hunger out of the situation. And when you remove uh-huh. hunger as a variable from the equation, I don't know if we've collected enough data as society to know if that's a macro good thing. And so you you say like it should be more of a it should be easier because of technology maybe or because of the internet or something uh, 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 okay um i think it okay so you brought up in 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 professional wrestling yeah that there there before i don't know if this was this is okay so triple h obviously has um created a whole new um, perspective for the industry is what you're telling me. Yeah, he has. Um, and he elevated the way that professional wrestling um, is, is from where when it was before. And I think one of the key things that you said was that there, I don't know if there wasn't this before, but there is a implementation now of talent scouting. Okay. Yeah, that was always there, but now it has like this sort of intent, you know, now there's people out there like it's never been easier to get on WWE TV I think, today is what I mean. As far as like I, com- competitively. I think that uh I think that on a, in a general ter- sense we can call this headhunting. Um, in entertainment, we call it talent scouting, but in 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 industry at large, most people call this headhunting, um, where you find you're finding a candidate that would fit the role or job the best. Um, and I think the challenge is headhunting is still um, a person to person. How could it tool. not be? How could it not be? Well. I think it can be automated. I think okay, okay, but let's talk about of course, of course, of course. But that's down the line. Everything's going to be automated. I don't right? think so. I think we're behind. That's what I'm saying. But okay. I think that technology would have permitted it ten years ago, but it's it, it's it's our inability to relinquish um, free uh, freedom of will or um, 
you know this 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 conception that we have control over our lives okay 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 so this just went to like outer space for me like this conversation i i hadn't like your i had no idea that you were going to basically say or from what i understand the reason why basically you're not given easy opportunities is because the the ai isn't in charge No, I'm saying the inverse. Which is what? Because is, humans are in charge, the, they're against the AI you? is in charge. The AI is in charge right now of but, recruiting. N oh, okay. Well, never mind. No, no, no. I I'm saying that <clears throat> when it comes down to the AI versus humans, the AI is in charge. It's 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 us that is standing in the way of of the AI, you know artificial intelligence automating everything whether you want to call that god or allah or harry kush or whatever you want to call that um we are preventing it from uh there as humans we are getting in the way of of, of whatever that may be the okay. source code for human human mm -hmm. humanity we're we're not letting it we're not letting Jesus come back, is you know. We're not. You okay. Know, okay. So um, that's the, that's time out because I think that's an elevation. Like we're we're now operating at a different um, elevation, and so I want to bring it back down to the ground. I want to make sure that I still understand what you're talking about. Um, I want to tie this back into. COVID-19 and how it's impacted businesses and there's a reliance on welfare there's a reliance on and I'm not talking about them creating a vaccine and you know them making cities and states be locked down and I'm not talking about those regulations I'm basically mm -hmm. more so like bailing out small businesses and um and things like that right welfare mm -hmm. Um, so what, 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 and, and as far as you having like you yourself and your brand having opportunities, cause you, you opened the show with, with Robert Gardner saying best of luck to your future endeavors. Mm -hmm. Um, so what, what, you, you know, the, this whole idea of like opportunities, if I can just kind of put a button on the WWE model and how. I think a lot has changed in 2020 and like I think older generations would be like this is what you guys are complaining about and I think there's a s certain sense of truth to that um insofar as like I remember my mom driving me to church's chicken telling me to go inside ask for the manager ask for a um a job application I'd fill it out there I'd give it back to the manager and give him my resume and kind of sell myself why he should hire me. And I did that, and my mom waited in the parking lot. I was 16, and I got the job. And today, you don't have to do that. Like, today, you don't even have to make a phone call. Today, like, there's Indeed, there's Monster, there's LinkedIn, and so on. Like, uh, the automation of the job opportunities are sort of there. Like, you can be on the toilet and look for a job. You couldn't do that 15 years ago. And so I think things are 
easier now than ever. I have to ask you, like, you know, you might not have such an intense contrast to draw from like that, like the way I did, you know, it's such a specific example, but you know, it's even harder. I, I wasn't raised on a farm, you know, whereas if it was a bad season, they're, you know, potentially going to kill my entire family for a year. Can we make it through a year? Like I don't have to go through that. I never went through that. Right. It's another extreme, but there are people in this lifetime who certainly had to. So I feel like, Kids like you and me who were raised on the internet, like we know how accessible and cheap and easy certain things are, but then there's still a human game to be played. You still, I mean, how much does business come down to, I don't like that guy's face. I don't want to work with him. A lot, a lot. I don't like him. Or he said, or he's, he voted for Trump. I don't, I'm not going to hire him. Or the, the inverse, right? Like whatever that is, there's so much perception and optics that are there that the older generation didn't necessarily have to struggle with. So it's a different, it's a different world. It's a different struggle for sure. And I don't want to, I don't, I'm not in the interest of comparative suffering. It's all subjective and it's all, it's all suffering at the end of the day. But how do you balance this? How, how do you balance where, where do you draw the line when you draw a line in the sand and say, I'm going to start taking control and, and basically fuck the system, it's it's on me. And we're talking about me, right, Trenton? Yes. Yeah, I'm talking about you. Um because I just dude, don't I know, know I, I just don't, don't know why don't. AI has anything to do with that. I don't think it would. I, I don't. I, I'm not successful. I'm I'm a loser. I'm you know if 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 whatever you know, uh, are you do you, are you saying that? Do you mean that? The opposition, whatever the opposition to 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 the what I believe, you know, whatever the opposition is, the 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 struggle that I I'm currently experiencing, I am those things. But in 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 in, in maybe in a different uh in a different application, you know, I might not be, but within the applications that I'm currently, you know, the, the ones that I'm working on, uh, I, I obviously don't, I'm obviously not the candidate that they're looking for, um, the opposition. So when I think about, you talk about it being easier than ever, well, maybe that system wasn't designed for someone with my characteristics, my skill set, whatever it may be. I don't speak the language that that system is presenting. Maybe I'm old school in that way that I still rom I romanticize the idea as well of going to a Chick-fil-A, speaking with the manager, being a competition of 3 and being, you know, selected out of the top of that top of that class or whatever it may be. That's I, just not the case anymore when you when you get thousands of applications for a particular job and okay. the only way to succeed is to be look good on paper. Okay. We, uh, we, um, you, you answered the question. You answered the question. Um, wasn't the answer. The answer didn't make me happy. Um, but I didn't expect it to, and nor should it have an obligation to, but I'm, I, I, I definitely disagree that you're a loser and all that. Um, oh, oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I appreciate that. I, I'm also, you know, it's, it's, it's also a competition of one when, when it comes down to myself so you, as a content if, creator, if you know that, if you know that it's a competition of one, it's you versus you. 
how can you differentiate? How, how can you differentiate role. like an excuse from? I think a it's conspiracy. vastly different when I'm applying for a job at McDonald's. You know, then it's not a competition of me versus me. It's a competition of me versus everybody who's applying for that position. Everyone is not like me. You know, everyone doesn't have the same skill set. Someone who you know recently got laid off from their uh, big tech firm job that isn't you know highly skilled. Uh, person is going to be if I was the manager of the McDonald's I would select that person over me you know I put myself in the shoes of somebody who's who is um, looking for the A team not the B team or the C team but it's looking for the A team in order to, to, to get shit done GSD um, you know, and I don't, you know, we talk about Jocko at the beginning of this. I don't have a lot of OTJ on the job training or OJT. Mm -hmm, I always get mm -hmm. that messed yeah, up. Yeah. Um, and then I talk to folks, you know, recruiters or headhunters about things. And, and, and most of what I've been doing in my life uh, as an adult has been playing games, you know, or, or, or trying to make a little company out, you know. Everything, you know, when I go and I, when I go to these award shows or, or that's not a reality. I don't go to award shows. Um, I'm trying in competitions or if I'm in a social circle where people want to be com compare, uh, compare, you know, uh, their egos or, or, or whatever it may be, whether it's their height, their, whatever comparisons are, um, I'm not. You know, I, I don't like to participate in those sorts of competitions. You know, I, I'm, I'm, one of, all, all about, I'm one of those type of people that's like, this isn't, you know, this isn't going to lead anywhere. This is going to lead to more and more heartache and, and, and suffering, whether it's for me if I win uh, or, or whether it's for me if I lose or for you if, 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 if I win. And, and we're not talking about this because I kind of, uh, I, I definitely look up to you, Knives, uh, as far as like a content creator and someone who's been doing the game, doing the game, and and has has leveled up. And and, and fortunately enough for you, uh, I don't know if you you believe you had control over your destiny, but you've gotten to a place where you you believe it's manageable, and and you can you can continue uh, living. Uh, at least financially secure. Picking it up from here. Sorry about the break. Listeners might be able to, to, to tell from that. Trent, I appreciate your patience. And thank you, and I look up to you too, and I'm not just saying that. You might ask yourself how or why. I would say that you asking yourself how or why might just be low self-esteem talking, because in moments and in states where you know that you produced a badass project and you know that you did something that nobody else could really do or appreciate, I think in that moment, you, if I were to talk to Trent in that state of mind, he might, he might know why I, pre I appreciate him. You know, And I think the key to life is really tapping into those states of mind and making decisions from that place. I really believe that. And so you asked about... The, this idea of destiny. Well, I believe destiny is our is decisions. Like destiny is, you know, 
there's a movie with James Franco called 127 Hours, which is a biopic on this mountain climber who mm -hmm. got stuck between a rock and a hard place in real life, and his arm got crushed by a boulder, and after 120 hours, he had to cut his arm off, right? Mm -hmm. And James Franco plays this, and there's this terrific sequence where he, he, he's, you know, all, all the uncertainty and all the doubts and all the craziness and delirium that comes with being sleep deprived and dehydrated and all these things and, you know, circulation and all this, he starts questioning like, wow, like this boulder is my destiny. I was meant to fall down in this chasm and be trapped on this boulder. This, this was waiting for me since before I was born, like, you know, however long it took, you know, for this rock to form on this planet, it was waiting for me. Right. And I was, I remember watching that and thinking like, that's not untrue. That's actually pretty true. And and I think about that. There's all where we are today in the present, and that's all we have is based on the micro decisions that led up to this. You know, I, I think in the Knives Monroe origin story, I think I, I I mean I totally knew I did. That's part of the reason why I did it. I voluntarily you know, chose a life of the streets because I wanted that in my origin story. I wanted that adversity. I wanted something to overcome and say, look, I did the thing that people are afraid of. I wanted to start from scratch. I wanted a clean slate. Um, and so that's part of my tapestry, you know, but also there's another timeline where that I died on the streets and that was the end of me. And that's that. You know, and so we just happened to be on a timeline where I got an opportunity to be kicked off of a bus and go apply at a Walmart and and was able to get an apartment and so on. Like, you know, I'm just fortunate. You know, there's a lot of luck that goes involved. There's a lot of stuff that's out of my control. And you can take this conversation and look under it in a microscope and say, well, knives, you know, because of your genes and because of, you know, the environment that you grow up, there's socialists that will tell me if it wasn't for the bus driver, you wouldn't be here today. And it's like, okay, but you got to give me a little credit. You got to give my reaction to things a little credit. You got to take what I choose to focus on a little credit. You got to take my risks, calculated risks paying off. You got to give them a little credit. You know, I'm all for saying thanks, you know, um, taxes for paying for the streets that I didn't have to build and so on. Like, I get that. I totally do. Um, but everything is, you know, if I didn't go all in on Claire and I was talking to different girls at the time, if I didn't go all in on her, I don't, you, you and me aren't having this conversation right now. And I don't believe that the Knives Monroe is a success. The knives that you look up to would not exist if I didn't go all in with Claire and I went all in on some other girl. I don't think I'm here having this conversation with you. I think, I mean, gosh, I don't want to know. But because I made the right decision, like, you know, here here I am. I get to I get to function, you know. Um, but that's, I'm very lucky. Like, there's a lot of things that didn't go according to plan that I really, really wanted. You know, I started a business in 2015 that was a lot like Austin Live and Local. Mm -hmm. It was called Outer Heaven, which, because I was like on this big Metal Gear kick, and uh, and it was like I wanted to bring my hometown together. You know, I wanted it to be a place where uh, comedians and musicians 
and filmmakers could all have a place to never be out of work and could all have a place to to be seen and to be relevant and to get better at their crafts. Like I really wanted to make that and it didn't happen. It didn't happen. That that business failed. And I ended up moving from my hometown and I moved to Austin. Mm-hmm. And but I took the thesis of that business and it's Indie Darlings. And Indie Darlings did well last year, you know? Mm-hmm. And and I've taken that thesis to that business, Outer Heaven, and I've a and I've taken that nucleus and have applied it to my friendships, relationships, all those ships. My my work with the US Chamber of Commerce, like I've I've taken that those ethos there. And so I feel like the intent was right. And uh-huh. I choose to focus on that versus choosing to focus on, oh, Outer Heaven wasn't a good business. It didn't make any money and blah, 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 blah. I choose to focus on what was right, you know? And it's the same thing with Austin Live and Local. Like you could, I choose to, your intent behind it is the right intent. It's the, uh-huh. it's the right theory. It just needs, you have to sprinkle in good timing with a good, presentation at the same time you get those two things together and it clicks with people and you realize man like that's the validation you're like wow like i got my point across i'm believed in in this moment because the intent is pure the intent is right Mm -hmm. the intent is community the intent is a sort of tribalism Mm -hmm. quality right and Mm -hmm. I believe in that. And, and, and dude, like things don't happen overnight. You know, that's the hard part. Sometimes it takes 20 years. Sometimes it takes 30 years. Sometimes you lose it all in an epidemic, you know, sometimes, but if you, you know, to quote Jocko, like if your heart's still beating, that's good. It means you still got some more fight in you. Yo, um, there's so much that you said there and so beautiful. At least to, to me, maybe it won't be so beautiful to other people, but um, that was so beautiful. Uh, let, let me kind of unpack it, man. Um, uh, so I and I don't know why I'm hanging on this. This is this is not probably the most important thing you said there, but I want to get this one out because it's. I want to be I want to be a funny guy a little bit. Here's that. Is that okay with you? Lee, go ahead, buddy. Oh, okay, so here we are. You talked about Claire and going uh, all in, right? Um, and, and in a lot of ways, like, I don't know how uh, how in tune your audience is with you are, but you have a child with her. Um, and also, in addition to that, you are in, in, in partnership with her, with Indie Darlings. Uh, and, and different from, from that conversation, from, from that conversation, uh, from, from what you your experiences your life is I've never done that um, and we're not talking about you know uh, just you know sexual sexual experiences but I've never uh, I never had a kid so I I don't know how I don't have that experience to relate it to business um, mm. and Austin live and local uh, reluctantly, has been something uh, that I inadvertently have been positioned to go all in, in, though I don't believe it's a uh, original idea. And I know that it's not an original idea in the fact that, you know, 
and I didn't know this when I when I started doing it. Uh, that had it had already existed in Austin, in in a different capacity with different characters and different players. Uh, in that regard, are are you are you following me with this one or no? Do you mean Austin Film Society? No, Austin Live and Local was uh, on right. But how how is it? What what is the other iteration of it? Um, no, there was another Austin Live and Local before. Oh, uh, I didn't know before that. Before me, no, I did not. Either. I didn't know that either until recently. Uh, but it was a radio show, uh, just a radio show. Um, and they did kind of similar things, and they were kind of associated with similar, uh, similar. Obviously, it's in Austin, so some of the same characters um, were associated to it, but it was from an older demographic. It wasn't from my generation of Twitch streamers or Facebookers or it was it was it's at least established on Facebook. It wasn't established necessarily on Twitter or multi-platformed, which which what I did was establish it multi-platformed and took it to another level. But I didn't know it wasn't a original idea when I started Um, and it didn't really have presence anymore because it it wasn't operational. Uh, at the time that that I I started doing it, and it wasn't, it's not, it's in indefensible intellectual property uh, in that regard, and um, so in 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 my you know in in my world of, of thinking about it is, is that it may have to change. I don't know if it will this or if someone will. I don't know. I don't know what it means to be unoriginal. It's an unoriginal idea. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm the one who did go all in on it for the past three to four years. Um, and um, I, I love this. I love this city. This is where I grew up. Uh, and and maybe that's that could be the death of me. I don't know. I don't well, know. Well, I definitely relate to. There's a okay. So check this out. I created this term that really caught on with some of my friends back in my hometown, and I don't say it as much anymore. But one thing I used to say a lot was um, if I had a hero of mine. I mean, I got into Tony Robbins. I was like 20. Mm-hmm. All right, here I am, 32, right? But I would say stuff like, Tony Robbins is my dad. And I wouldn't say it like meaning it like in a literal sense. It was more like a, a symbolic sort of like, this guy raised me. He shaped me. He's my dad. Mm-hmm. And um, that would catch on. And I have a friend who listens to the show, Luis Cantu. So if you're listening, shout out. He knows where I'm going with this. He's a, a musician. And, and he... He told me, oh, yeah, Reggie Watts is my dad. And I was like, okay, I know exactly what you mean. And, you know, since I didn't grow up with a father figure, it was like CM Punk was my dad. Marilyn Manson was my dad. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk for a while there was my dad, right? Stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it was just sort of this sort of, uh, it's just an expression, you know? Um, and I remember I tweeted once, Tony Robbins is my dad. Like when Twitter first came out and Tony Robbins DM'd me and was like, Hey, son, with a little like emoji. I'll never forget that. And uh, I couldn't 
message him back because he wasn't following me. But uh, it was just so cool. It was like uh, it was a he was kind of joking, right? Obviously, but it was like such an affirmation in a way. And everybody needs that, whether if it's your biological father, stepfather, or for some people it's the Marine Corps, or for some people it's Wall Street, or for some people it's something else, right? And that's how I raised myself was finding these father figures because I didn't have what I needed, you know, I didn't, but you have to let that, well, I did rather, I don't want to give advice, but I found myself where I had to leave the anger and I had to let it go because it just wasn't propelling me forward. And, and here's the thing about hatred that people don't talk about. It's delicious. And it keeps you warm at night when you're fucking angry. You know what I mean? Like, it's great. It's a, it's a great source of inertia. And, and sometimes, like, passion can... It can be perceived as passion. Mm-hmm. But for me, like, it wasn't going to pay my bills. It wasn't going to take me to another level. I wasn't going to become a good father because of it. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't going to make me happy. It didn't serve me. A bunch of... Uh, the first video I ever made, Dakota... Actually, this isn't true. The first original video, not the first vlog... I ever made him, I, I wrote it and I presented it to him. And we, we, we didn't end up working like this after all, maybe a few more times after that, but, um, where I actually wrote, here's what you would say to the camera and, uh, the video, it's still out there and it did well for him. It was called the power of the fuck you. It was just too not PC enough for him to really run with it. But, uh, we did, we did post it and it was just the idea of like the power of the fuck you. Right. And uh, as men, especially. We're we're driven by revenge sometimes like uh, sometimes it's it's posting a picture or a status. So, you you know, your ex is going to look at it and it's just like a fuck you to her. Right. Or sometimes it's in my case, like making a movie to show my hometown. You see, motherfuckers. I am who I said I am. Right. And there was such a fuck you uh inertia for with my first big movie which was like my big claim to fame at the time my first Mm -hmm. big validation but it was propelled by the fuck you but i knew the fuck you wasn't gonna propel the second one or the third one or the fourth or the fifth and so eventually it doesn't serve you anymore it's like a snake's skin that you have to shed eventually um and so that's part of the process man and and collecting heroes or mentors now like the buzzword is mentor right like oh Jocko Willink is like a mentor of mine I've read his books and I hear his podcast and it's the equivalent of saying Tony Robbins is my dad you know and I think you you need to when you don't have the tribe when you don't have the community in person IRL you have to cultivate your own culture first and be the leader of that culture when you don't have one, you know, uh-huh. like for me, just cause I feel like we can relate. Cause I wish I could take the pain away from you with the big chasm of unfairness. And I don't want to speak specifically cause that's your thing. That's your story. But it, obviously there's so much left to be desired. You, there's so much mm-hmm. and it really, and, and guess what? Here's the thing. You're not unique in this. Uh-huh. I would say the resentment or bitterness or confusion or overall just not positive feelings that you have towards your family 
uh-huh. is the norm. That's most people. That's most people's starting line, first base for most people. Uh-huh. And so when that becomes the driving force of all your decisions and, you know, it, it's like poisoning the well, you know, um, okay. I wish I could take that pain away from you. I wish somebody could, whatever it was like, it's definitely going to be your decision one day, but I relate to it. I relate to it wholeheartedly, man. You know, I know what it feels like. I, I'm this white guy that was born in a family of Mexicans that was ostracized for not being brown enough when my brother was plenty brown. And it was a very confusing feeling. And so, like, my blood name, I was born Moreno, right? That was my last mm-hmm. name. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't connect to it even at, like, six, seven, eight. Like, I didn't connect to that. I didn't feel like a real Hispanic. And so... Also, my hometown, I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and when I was five, I moved to Dallas, and when I was six, I moved to the Valley, and then I lived there for 20 years, but I didn't really have a home. Like, I didn't know if it was Tulsa. When people ask me still to this day, like, where are you from? I just say Austin, even though I migrated here. Like, I'm one of those assholes that moved in. I'm part of the gentrification of Austin, you know? Like, it's not my home. It's not my stomping grounds, but when people ask me, like, where were you born? I don't say Tulsa either, and so here I am, this kid who's very confused about his pigmentation. He's very confused about what's inside. He doesn't have a culture. He doesn't want to learn Spanish and speak Spanish. He doesn't have a father figure. He's gotta be this, this big brother. He's gotta be there for his, for his mom when she files for bankruptcy and, and she doesn't have, you know, she's divorced and I gotta be there for everybody but nobody's there for me and all of a sudden school seems like, I don't wanna do this, you know? And then movies became my refuge. And then when I was 16, I was like, oh, I want to make these things. That's why I am the way that I am. That made sense. But I had to raise myself, man. Like I had to, I had to do that. I never had a ride to school. You know, I never had a ride to pick me up. And that's just the way it was. I was a latchkey kid. That's just the way it was. Like my kids now are are fucking soft compared to the bullshit that I had to go through. But I wouldn't want them for one night to go through that bullshit. To go through one night of like, why doesn't my dad love me? Why did he abandon me? They'll never have to reckon with that ever, 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 ever. And that's great. And so I have family members that are like, and I won't say her, her name, but a cousin in, in particular who truly struggles existentially with this idea that she was an accident, you know, that she wasn't born with intent and purpose. It really fucks with her. And I know this is kind of like my machismo talking, but you get over that. You get over that eventually. You know, like everything's an accident. Rubber was an accident. The potato chip was an accident. Peanut butter was an accident. You know, you know like, but not just jokingly, like, if, it was, if I wasn't here, my daughter wouldn't be here, period. So it's all good. It's worth it, man. Like, it's okay to be an accident. Earth was probably an accident, you know, if you believe in the Big Bang Theory. Human beings, the Homo sapien was not earth's intention like we we just out aped homo erectus or whatever like you know it's like dude like there you have to train your neurons condition your brain rewire it yourself for success for opportunity to capitalize on something for your skill to weaponize yourself to be the best mutant superhero that you can be if you want those rewards you know and sometimes that means abandoning the old wiring, the old um, paradigm, right? I said this on the last podcast, and I'm so grateful that I get to say it again because it's truly remarkable if you let it sink in. And that's, I read this quote that said, you can't solve 
a problem with the same level of consciousness that created the problem. You need a higher form of consciousness to solve that problem. And we that's what this is right now with COVID, with people, you know, millions of Americans that are going to lose their jobs. Like, you know, we all have to get on the horse. You know, the government's not going to buy us a horse to get on. And so we can ride off into the sunset. We still have to do our part and know basic elements to survive, basic elements to thrive. That's where education does come in. Maybe it doesn't take shape in our school system, but you know, maybe it's going to the books or Wikipedia or going to your local library or what have you. It sucks. Like this is a this is a tough time and we're all being tested. We were comfy for a very, very long time. You know, and now and it was never gonna come at an at a convenient time. Could Donald Trump have handled it better? Yeah. Could China have handled it better? Fuck yeah. You know, everybody, you know, yeah, but at the same time, here we are today. Here we are. We have to deploy the majority of our resources on what we can do today. And I'm trying to do my part and not interface with other people and not travel abroad and, and, and risk exposure and so on. I'm trying my best to do that. I'm nervous enough going to fucking CVS to pick up a prescription. You know, like that's that's enough to make me nervous already. But, you know, I am grateful in that my conditioning over the past several years of testing myself and really my my loneliness is saving me like i had i had this fever a couple of weeks ago during a thunderstorm and and it was just this it was this weird and i hadn't had a depression nightmare in a long time but it was this weird depression nightmare of like the world was ending and and it was my fault and the 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 effect of that was everybody was going to be depressed like me and so now everybody's locked in their house like me everybody's alone and they can't interact with their friends like me, everybody has to work from home now and be a valuable mobile and virtual asset like me. Like it was such a weird, like it was my fault. I casted this big shadow and I think it had something to do with this fever that I had and, and the thunderstorm in tandem. But I, you know, and so like I struggle with the guilt of even being okay. You know, I, it's, it's a weird multitude of complex feelings. But at the same time, like, in a weird way, like I was prepared for this loneliness aspect, the delirium that comes from the cabin fever sort of element to this, of being stuck inside. Um, I was kind of ready for this because most of what I've done has been by myself. Like I'm not the best videographer, photographer, editor. I mean, I've told you this a dozen times. I've just had to do it because nobody else was going to do it for me. And I had to lie and say, if somebody were to ask me, oh, can you film this wedding? I'd be like, yeah. And then I would do it just to get the experience. You know, um, yeah, sometimes you have to test yourself, you know. Sometimes you think, I don't know if I can bench that. But you have to try it to know if you can. And once you do, that's the new normal. You know, there's going to be a lot of that going on that I think is inevitable in this country. There's also going to be a lot of denial. There's also going to be a lot of people just tapping out and saying, nah. I'm not going to do that. It's not worth it. The government should do it. We know who those people are that don't want to do anything. Like, we know who they are. Um, that's not going to be me. And I think deep down inside, that's not going to be you. It sucks that you're at this crossroads where you need to overcome. When, like, your basic foundation, you still need to overcome that. You know, and you didn't ask for that. You didn't sign up for it, you know. But eventually, 
like a cancer, you're going to have to remove it because it ain't, it ain't serving you. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I hear what you're saying. And I, I just, I hope that that's not the reality that I'm living in or you're living in. I really hope that that's not the case, whether it's your nightmare or just the fact of what a certain demographic of people want other people to suffer. I, I just hope that that's not the case and that the good of, of at least the United States, maybe not humanity, I don't know if that may be the case, but the good of the United States will, will help each other out and be legitimately not this this empty, you know, uh, soundbite, you know, empty statements of America's as tough as nails come together mentality with, when no actions or executables are positioned to, to actually do that. I feel a lot of that's being said um, out there in the ether. And uh, something that you were talking about, I felt like this should be emphasized is that <laughs> There are a lot of individuals out there who experienced, you know, some of the the um, disadvantages that you and I have from from our families, um, and they they let that uh, they let that unlike you, where you're you know you're very present in your in your son's and in your daughter's life, um, there are a lot of parents or parental guardians out there that, that don't, sh don't show that characteristic. And that, that, that's the characteristic with my stepdad is that he suffered from, from these, you know, these ailments of, of his father not being there for him, his mother not being there for him. Um, and, and he has, uh, he has taken that baggage and, and, and placed that upon me more than my, 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 my brother. And I, I never, I, 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 I never call my brother, my half brother. Um, and I, I say that now because it is a reality, but just like you talk about your son, not, you know, being your stepson, but you don't, you, you know, you never think right. about that. I'm probably, and I feel bad for ever having said it to you, but you know, I, I no, it's fine. It's because it is what it is. But I almost have to be reminded. I forget. Mm -hmm. You know, because he's been there longer than Fiona's been there. You know, I've you been know, there. I've been there for, for half me, his life at this point. So I mean, but it, it's a it's a healthy reminder to know. You know, for, for sure. me, it's only gotten worse as I become an adult. What, as I see what the the being a brother part or being a son part. Both, because I'm because I am being. Uh, I am being pushed away and I'm just seeing, hmm. I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing my mother, like, uh, you know, I, I know people like, you know, I lived for a short period of time with, uh, in round rock, uh, with trying to do this creative thing with, um, uh, an artist named Ty C and his brother. And, and it was, and, and, with with their life it was much more clear um as to how their stepfather felt about them and it was much more clear as to what 
their mother was doing for them. It was it was like they 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 had more of an understanding. You know, it was like they their story was more about how their father had passed away and that um they had been kind of uh pushed you, you know pushed away when when their mother remarried um and I don't want to get too much into detail there cuz I don't know how much of that's my story to tell right um but it seemed it it just seemed more clear it was the traditional step family story that 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 you hear in television or movies um about how you know, another parental figure comes in, and then there's like this dis, this um, dis, dissolving uh, of the of the family that was before. I guess you know the best example of it coming back together was what's that movie where there's twelve kids and it's got a uh, oh my gosh, um, I forget who the dad is and Cheaper he's like by a the he's dozen. like a soldier. Sorry, was it cheaper by the cheaper dozen? by the dozen? Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know that sort of story, and I don't have that sort of story. I have a story of a, of my half brother and I becoming more and more distant because mm. his life is, you know, much more catered to because they, you know, they've been playing the system. My mother and my my stepfather since bef- before I was born. I mean, everybody's playing the system. You know, and they're looking to get an advantage somehow, you know, and unfortunately that came at the cost and sacrifice of my well-being. Whether or not that was intentful or not. Oh, yeah, of course, whether that was intentful or not. I mean, you know, once I became an adult, it should have, I mean, it not it should have. It would have been ideal for it to have. Uh, let, let me ask you a question. Um, well, first, before I ask you, let me just say this is why it's important that that we're friends, mm-hmm. because I think you need right now. Maybe you want. Maybe not forever. I hope not forever. Uh, and we could be friends forever. But um, there's an echo, by the way, if in, in case you don't have headphones. But it's it's cool. Um, an echo. You can hear yourself. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But it's all good. Whatever. Oh, just kidding. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, you could have just told me that. Yeah. Um, there's a... I think you need an older dude... Oh, I, I just turned you all the way off. Okay. Can you hear me? No, I can hear you. Okay, okay. I think you need an older dude who's in touch with his sensitivity to tell you it's okay to talk about these things. And I think you're way more sensitive um, than your family's okay with. I think you're more sensitive and emotionally needy than they can help you with, you know, and I relate to that. Certainly that was me, you know, and so I implore you to tap into this vulnerable side of you. Um, yeah, but it may not serve your business uh, overnight and, and revolutionize your business. But I think as far as like overall ma- um uh, macro fulfillment. I think it, it's a step in the right direction to to know thyself. Yeah, I think that's true. But in, inversely, you know, they they complain, they whine. Like I was just saying, like my dad whines constantly about how his father, you know, wasn't there for him, and so that's why he had to join the military to make himself a real man. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and he's constantly whining. And like anytime that he does co- have a have a, have something to say, it's a whiny voice or complainy voice. Like it's it's just like non. It's like he doesn't know how to have a. He doesn't know how to use his his vocal cords. It's 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 crazy. Like it, it's insane how how you know if it's structured and it's work oriented, then then it's like the language is already designed for him. But then when it comes to, you know, real life situations, not, not, he's not kayfabing for the military mm-hmm. or for his job, then he just can't handle things. And he's, you know, uh, uh, an emotional wreck or train wreck. It's like, and then when, you know, when it comes time to be a man, he can't be a man, you know, unless there's some sort of support system to, for him to be a man. Like he's got no intellectual property, you know, everything he's, the, he's, he's, let uh, me, l- let me ask you since, since I don't know if you know this or not, but you know, we were on uh, and it's public. So that's why I bring it up, but we were doing a podcast. I can't remember if it was for you or if it was on Brian's podcast. Cause we did them. They're kind of a blur to me. And I haven't yeah. gone back to the playback because um, <clears throat> I was there. Uh, but you had mentioned like your stepdad and, and things kind of like, uh, I don't think you mean to do this, but you'll bring it up, right? And you'll talk about how basically, and this is my word, not cool that whole situation is um, mm-hmm. with you and your dad and how it kind of impacts your self-esteem, your perception mm-hmm. on searching for like optimism during this time and all, all kinds of things. Um, what would it take for you to get to this threshold where you tell your stepdad, suck a dick, dumb shit. And then you walk away and you go do your own thing and you never see him again. And you become a, you know, your own human and you're not dependent on anybody. What would it take for that? Oh, I've already done that. Like, I mean, so how does he still have this grip on you? It's an ex- it's a it's an example. It is it's an example. Like I'm not gonna, you know, what reference am I gonna have to a failure of our government other than the embodiment of a U.S. soldier that fails to to address the issues of PTSD? Right, which is pretty hard. It's pretty hard. It no, it's give, not. It, it doesn't not. give you permission that's, to that's be an, an asshole. It doesn't give you it's permission. It's an excuse. To, it's an excuse it, to it, not. People can use it as an excuse for sure. For it sure. is an excuse in his in his. Well, you know, position. for some other soldiers out there, they don't even have the self awareness to even know. They might be in denial that they even have it for exactly. A while. That's the case. You see, I mean, so, that's that's and, an excuse, and that sucks. It sucks for them, you know. Um, but if someone tells you, you know, that means that you're arrogant. You have you, yeah, but how many times there. have how many times have you and I been told something, but we still remain ignorant on something? Um, I think I think I'm I think for, for me personally, I can I can I can hear it. I just just definitely may not have the tools or the skill set to to do it, and that that depresses me. That's that depression then kicks in. And well, it sounds like your stepdad's depressed too in his own way. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm agreeing with that as well. I'm saying yeah. like, yes, he had his issues of where his father abandoned him. And I'm not making excuses for him. It's just PTSD sucks 
sucks dick. No matter who yeah, you but are. I mean, okay. Eventually, <laughs> like, say somebody gets raped, right, and they have PTSD, like, eventually, yeah, we would hope that doesn't define them, and we would hope that they don't develop this victim mentality forever. And if at the same time, like that's their onus, that's their cross to bear. They do have to cross that threshold, but we Can can't tell, we though? can't tell them get over it. You know, it doesn't work that way. That doesn't help either. Can I ask you a question? Though? Absolutely. So I know you're not big on education. Um, I don't know what that means. You've said that before. I don't know that you mean the school system or you mean college. Yeah. I mean the traditional school system and the, and going somewhere, you know, paying money. Yeah, I'm not into, just to be specific and hold on to your point, I'm not into paying t- to being $200,000 in debt for a film degree or something. I'm not interested okay, okay. In, in that but, specifically. But you think it's important to do the fundamentals? I think it's important uh, to do the fundamentals um, in film specifically. That's no, my world. Like, no fundamentals like Math? understand your history, understand your English, understand your mathematics, your science, your... I, I do think that's important, <clears throat> but I don't think uh, like the testing element that Texas has um, on proving education is like actually education. I believe in critical thinking. Like, let's talk about World War II. Let's talk about slavery. Let's talk about the Pythagorean theorem, but let's do it critically. Like, don't just give me a blank sheet of paper and ask me to show my work and say, yep, he gets it. Like, that's not education, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so... In reference, because the only way I can reference this is basically who the people that I know best that failed at um, at, at doing it or are continuing to fail at doing it and not and not and not having any um, introspective. And I'm not saying I'm winning. I told I've said this before in this past podcast that I'm I'm unsuccessful, and I'm not. I don't have it yet, but at least I'm willing to have the conversation and and, and try to to make myself better. What's that? You know, I'm not, I'm not sitting there, uh, letting these things fester in my mind, you know, um, at this point in time regarding what, regarding my, my stepfather, oh, okay. um, he was joining the military. You uh-huh. know, he, he was yeah. 25 when he joined the military, Yeah. you know, and, and there was no reason to, you know, there wasn't a nine 11. There wasn't a, what year was this? There was none of that. None of that was there. It was literally just a job. Yeah, you don't need. Are you saying like he wasn't, you know, driving no other direction? Wasn't driving over IEDs? Like, what are you? What are you saying? Like, there was no purpose. There was no purpose to join the military. You know, people who joined the military after nine eleven had a purpose. You know, they were going to fight an an enemy, whether it was a whether it was honest or not, they they had a purpose. What about the you Gulf War? What about they weren't just, looking for a paycheck? Uh, I'm not gonna try to change your mind on this, but what you're saying is, what what would be the difference if he went after 9/11? Even though logistically that that doesn't make sense, like age wise. Not the type of person. See, that's the thing. He's not that type of person. Okay, but what would have been the difference? Like, what of that? What, you would have been picking on. No, something I mean, I else, respect right? the people who joined. I I respect the people who joined after nine eleven that thought that they were going to fight for their country against an enemy that was a corporate enemy, but they didn't know any better. You know, I I have remorse for those people. Okay, um, but you would have but liked I, your dad I, I more. You would have respected this argument. You would have like, respected him more. Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. It's not a matter of respect. It's remorse. 
I don't think I, I have you don't no have remorse for, for him. I have now. no respect for the U.S. military. I know you've said that quite a bit. There's no respect because it's a. It's not. But let's be no, honest. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. It's not the individuals. Let's okay? be honest, though. If if your dad was cooler and nicer to you, I think maybe you would have respect for the military. Like, let's be honest. No. He, he he jaded no, it. No, no, no. No, because it's it's it. I don't have respect for the military. Not not him in particular. If he chose to do something else, it would have been like, oh, he was just a a dumbass. You know, that's a totally different conversation. Like a dumbass. Um, but he, he, the, the direction that he went didn't serve the purpose that, that it should have served. You know, it did not, the military, him joining the military did not correct the arrogance, did not correct the inefficiencies. He didn't get the training. He, he just became the, the worst version of what the military is you hear you know imagine uh imagine a military movie no, i mean i understand what you mean by that i do yeah. but i don't and, think that makes him consistent. i don't think that it's makes consistent. him a, a reflection of the entire military i just want to make that yes clear. it's a cons it's a consistent uh caricature of the mil military and that's why I'm like I don't, I don't respect the military because it doesn't it doesn't serve a the pur purpose that it's intended to serve. Even for those that it clearly does. Which ones? You want me to name them? Yeah, an example. Well, I'm gonna stick to the mainstream, and I'm not gonna say, well, my uncle over here or my friend's neighbor over here, and I'm no, not I gonna. Mean, it's more more important if it was someone close to you. That this person, you know was uh you know was going down the wrong route may have murdered murdered somebody but went down this route and uh, murdered somebody else <laughs> I, I don't know like it doesn't you know, have like, to be that extreme you know um i know this one guy i won't say his name who was a marine and now he has kids that are adults and he's just a i only know him as a great dad i probably would have never known that he was ever in the service He's that dad that like is always fixing something. He's that dad that just kind of has to stay busy. But, you know, you could call him and he'll go over and he'll fix something. Right. He's a good dude. He's a good dude. I I would never ask anybody in the military. Like, did you did you see combat? Like, what the fuck? That's just not good soft skills at the very least. But it's also none of my business. Right. Um, for some people, it is just a job. And that's that. Um, and I don't. You know, that's still that's still worth more than or it's it's not worth less, should I say, than somebody who makes my sandwich at Subway. Right. Dude, that's so I ironic, though. OK, it's, it's because it's, we, we just got done talking about how you got to be the best of the best to be in the WWE. But then we're accepting the fact of failure in the U.S. military. Not everybody is going to be a Jocko Willink, right? But everybody, Dude, every, <clears throat> but but if you're good enough, you can be a Navy SEAL. But not everybody's going to be a Jocko Willink. That's true. Not everybody's going to be a. Um, oh gosh, I'm so dumb for not. I feel like that's just the set expectation, and and uh, I guess when we come to the military, we make these excuses about who sh who could be or could not be in the military. You know. Um,
and, and so at the time, maybe the reality is what it is. You no, know, we're hiring I, I, un, unfortunately, I think you're you're very you're very close. Like you can't see the elephant. You're just dude. I'm at jaded. It. I'm exactly. jaded as it comes. Exactly, and so that distorts your perception. It because put, it failed me. I understand. I yeah, I but, was like a subcontractor to the bullshit. I, I no, well, as a as a son, as a son of a father, right? If you want to boil it down to its parts, but but he also, you know, he, the the archetype of like of a soldier and having the negative perspective is like counterculture. There's this idea of like it sucks. There's this this cultural idea that it sucks to be Michael Jordan's son. Mm-hmm. You have all this expectation to be a basketball player. You have all this because it's in your blood. You have all this expectation to be a great basketball player, and you have this big asterisk that you'll never be as good as your father. This is just a situation that Michael Jordan's son was born in. He didn't ask for this, mm-hmm. but are we going to say that Michael Jordan, the NBA is trash because? You know, Michael Jordan's son didn't have the love that he wanted because he was too busy winning championships and he didn't pay attention to whatever. You know what I mean? It's the same thing in an opposite spectrum of like success, of being highly successful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he could still be jaded and it will distort hit Michael Jordan's son, could still be jaded and distort his entire perception over an organization, but it's still jaded is my point, you know? Oh, but I mean, yeah, I... Um, to an, to uh, man, I'm gonna say this, and it's, and it's gonna be controversial to an outsider's perspective. But there are outsiders who have the same perspective. You know, so it's like, as someone who has had conversations with the like a lot I've interface with a lot of service members uh, knowing where where their inefficiencies is very clear to me and and maybe that's and, and I'll be speci- I'll be very honest that's because of you know the experiences that my stepfather had because I- he was a drill sergeant and his role was to correct these inefficiencies though he was very bad at that job um, and never received any rewards for for that. And if, if they did, it was uh, a, a reward of uh, a reward to just give out rewards, you know? Right. And, and you're still very... If I was if I was in charge, dude, no way. Because I know him. I know, I know, you know, I know the person on and off the court, you know, and if, 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 if you're kayfabing all the time, or or at least for one demographic, but then you can't do it for the rest, then it's like, well, you're not authentic, even to faking it. I understand. And you're still very angry about it no i mean i'm i'm and this is not in i i I think that you know definitely i think my my stepfather would feel frustrated in hearing this because he don't he wouldn't he wouldn't want to 
he wouldn't, he wouldn't want to hear he has to face these issues. But he's so confident in, you know, his uh, nonverbals in, in, and then when he does get verbal in, in communicating his uh, discre- uh, discrepancies with me, that we can, I mean, we can play air ball all day. But in, it's the people who hit the three-point shots that win the game. When you were a, a young Trent Knox, like a kid, mm-hmm. uh, whose love did you need more of when you were growing up, your mother or your stepfather? When I was a kid, I was just always trying to find a girlfriend. I was always trying to find something. Like, But are we talking about like before I was eight years old? I'm talking about growing up, like, you know... Um, um, when your stepfather was in your life and, dude, you know, so here's the when, thing, when like, it mattered the most, whose love did you crave more of? Obviously you wanted both of them, right? You know, you know, here's the thing though. I just wanted to be taken care of. It wasn't a matter of love, you know, because no, I, I understand. I, 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 I totally understand. I get that. I, I totally do. But, but who's I mean, I'm love? obviously, I'm obviously quite close with my grandmother because, uh, there were just so many times in my life where my mother abandoned me um, and she wouldn't like me hearing, um, she wouldn't like me saying that, but it's, it's true. It, it is true for me and she'll make excuses and excuses and excuses. Um, but my grandmother has always sort of foundationally been there um, for I, me. I totally, and you've made that very clear and I, I, I could tell by your pictures with her how much you love her. Um, but whose love did you crave more growing up between your mother and your stepfather? None. None. Because the only way I see love is like in, you know, uh, physical. You know, like I, I don't see, you know, obviously it's hard to say because after a certain point, my mom just started neglecting me and stopped, you know, uh, stopped caring for me. Um, probably, I mean, I completely understand why, because shit was just going to hitting the fan in so many ways. The nine 11, none of this was all, uh, none of this was probably in her plan. Um, and just, it kept on shit hitting the fan, hitting the fan, hitting the fan. She was always in recovery mode. You know, and um, and so like, I I can make excuses for that, but as a man, there's no excuses. You know, we never we don't get the opportunity to make excuses. We're 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 supposed to be the hero at all times. You know, it, it's never acceptable to be the villain. I understand. So, so what I'm what what I get is. That at times, as 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 a as a child, because of the because of the circumstances, I was always painted as as this as this villain because uh, I could never. And that's I could how you never felt. Get foundation. That's how you felt. I never got what. And that's how you felt. No, I mean legitimately because. Um, painted as a villain to who? Who was the to, audience? To, my, to, to like the kids I went to school with, to uh, to 
like my family because I was frustrated as a kid, um, really frustrated. And I mean, if you go back and you like really do a deep dive into my history, there were a lot of things that went extremely wrong. Um, before I got arrested at 17 for, for, you know, getting into a physical altercation with my, my dad and calling the cops on myself, you know, um, because I thought the system, at least the criminal justice system was going to be in my favor, but because he was in the military and they, they, they gave him pass for, even though he was breaking the law, you know, um, and that goes back to some of those, the things we talked about earlier about being a part of, you know, a, a tribe that will make excuses and pass certain people along. Um, but, you know, I, I was not, I was not um, the, the, I was, and then I have to admit this, I was not the, uh, the good kid sometimes. Shit really got messed up. I mean, there were times in which, you know, I couldn't take the, take the, dis, the disciplining and not like discipline is like a routine or anything like that. But my, when, when, when things were tough for my mom, she would, she would like to uh, get verbal at first, but then she would get physical later on. And, and there was some abuse growing up and, uh, and I can understand it from my mom because she's a female and because my dad was abusive to her or my stepdad was abusive to her. Let's keep this timeline, right? Because of his PTSD, because of nine 11, because all these things, yes, there are these reasons, but it's just like, they never, they never process these things, and 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 then in 2000, whatever, when I was going to college, it, you know, I, I think, I mean, there are, there's all these. They're gonna say I'm ungrateful or whatever, and I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't be, you know, um, trying to 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 process these things. They'll be, they'll be, they'll say, oh, uh, they'll say you can say it off the record. You can talk to a, a psychiatrist. You can, you can go and do it when 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 nobody's listening, you know. But then it's it makes no sense. Um, it's talking and understanding that uh, they've got a lot of dirty laundry, you know, and they never really got over it. At least my family never really got over it. They never really. Did you ever get over it? Uh, no, I'm trying to. At least I'm trying to. They're not even trying. You okay. know what I'm saying? Like, um, I'm, I'm thanking, I'm thanking, I'm thanking their government right now because they're trying to, to, to solve the issue of the economy. You know, I'm trying to relate this to something that's not personal, um, that I'm not only the one, only one dealing with it is that, you know, they're trying, they could not try and be more like my fa- my parents and just be, you know, f- the, po- the problems will just have, always just stack and stack and stack and stack and stack and they never realize realize that they just need to they need to to have a professional opinion you know they need to go seek serious help not hold on you know not this kind of like you know we talked about this earlier that you kind of uh not you in particular but we um we jerry-rig things together they're jerry-rigging their life together Okay. You know, there are emotions, you're, all you're, these just things. Just keep in mind, you're, you're criticizing them very hard, and I'm cool with that, but 
It's just uh, this has become a therapy session, right? Which I'm fine with having. Um, well, I, I don't want this to be specific to me. I'm just saying that these are issues that humanity is dealing with. Okay. And totally, and totally. I just want, you know, I asked you earlier, and I'm not going to let you off the hook. I asked you earlier, mm -hmm. whose love did you did you need more growing up as a kid? Your stepdad, like affection, Dude, here, 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 affection, attention. Say. But yeah. here's the thing. But here's the thing. You, you said, and I think it's just your emotions talking, like, you know, because you're heated. I, I, you said, I, I don't need love. I don't even know what love is, right? Pretty much. Like, I don't need Oh, no, 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 I never love. said that. No, no, you no, said, no, like, you understand love. I never said I don't need love. What you said, I can play it back. You said, I don't need I, neither. And, and like, you, you, ver you think of love as a... As a, a as physical, like with a mate or something, but not from mm -hmm. like a parent. But let's be honest, parents love their kids. You would love your child, right? right? And, I, and then I of said, of course you I would. Said, At some point, my mother stopped doing that. I know, I know, I know. Yes, you did. And so I'm going to ask you again, uh, and then because I, I want to ask you a different question, but I don't want to. I can't let this one go. And it was you know, somewhere around five years old. Whether it was attention, compassion, love. Um, who, whose did you need more? Not who did you get more from? Whose did you need more from growing up? Oh, okay. Hold on. Are, are, I might be I'm maybe misunderstanding the question. So maybe we should um, we be more specific. Are you talking about? Um, you're specifically talking about family. Talking about your mother and your stepfather. That's okay, all I've okay, ever okay, talked okay, about. Okay, okay. Yes, I've made that so, very clear. Between your so mother and your that, stepfather, that, whose love did you need more as a kid growing up? Okay, not, so, not whose so, love did you get more of? Whose love did you crave, desire more of, want more of? Dude, to be honest, like I'm saying, uh, this is what I think. I think neither. Okay, neither. I know, I understand. So let's put that on the record. That's the that's the one we're gonna go with. But for the for the sake of conversation. If you, I think, if, I think if you uh, maybe my pick, mom, maybe, maybe if you had my to pick one. But then I'm like, but really, okay. the question I've had my whole entire life is like, who's my father? Like, who's my biological no, 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 father? No, no, no. But so, so you said maybe your stepdad, correct? Man, I don't want to get hung up on that because I, I know because I know this is difficult gonna, for you. I'm every every second I'm going to be like, no, hold yes, on, no, yes, I know, no, no, no. So yeah. let's let's just proceed. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, your stepfather, who? Did you have to be growing up to to get that love? Um, it didn't. No, 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 oh, no, man, no, 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 no. I know, I know. But just who would you have had to have been, or who? Did, how did you behave growing up to to to, uh, or how would you have had to behave to get that love from him? Dude, I don't remember. I don't remember no. at all my stepdad being there. Okay, but he was there. Uh, I mean, no. His, I mean, four his, years his, in his, Afghanistan. Blah his, blah blah. His blah. presence remains. He was uh, there. The idea. The the idea. Yeah. Yeah, and so I know he wasn't there. Let's just say he was gone, three hundred and sixty three days out of the year. But for the two days he was there, you know what? What would? How would you have had to be? How would you have to behave? to get that love, attention, and affection from him. Dude, that's nuts. I would never say that I had to behave I know, I know, I know, but if you did. Dude, I don't know him that well. <laughs> I don't know him. I have no idea. No, but you, 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 
you say on the podcast, you make it sound like you know him so well. You you go as far as to say, I know how good of a faults, how good man. of a soldier he was, or how good of a uh, whatever branch he came from, like how good of a military person he was or wasn't, how bad he was at his job, and he wasn't the mm -hmm. stepdad I needed, and he was this way to my mom. It's like so you know so much about him, you know so much about what he wasn't, but now you're telling me when it comes to this. Oh, I don't know. Because it, it, the, the the issue is inverse. Is what could what should he have know, done so I, much I, I, to I, I, deserve I, I, my love? I know. Sure, sure, sure. I know that's the way you feel. Totally, I would feel that way too if I was in your shoes. Dude, um, whenever before he joined the military, um, there are photos, you know, that that seem much more like uh, we were closer. But I don't really have cognizance of that time. Of course. So you, you, you don't know, you, you didn't know him, but, but at the same time, like, you know, you let your guard down a little bit. I'm not trying to spring on a gotcha onto you. So don't feel that sure. way. Um, but you did say that, you know, maybe growing up a little bit, maybe 51, 49, maybe just a little bit that you would have craved proper attention, love, affection, compassion, care from your stepdad. How would you have had to, to be on his good side? Like, what did you have to do growing up? Um, I think maybe, maybe, maybe be interested uh maybe maybe he's selfish so maybe be interested in the same things he's interested in mm -hmm. like what specifically like just maybe 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 mimic him maybe i don't know man Nick is weird he's a weird dude man <laughs> i don't i don't know like you're 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 a weird dude oh yeah absolutely but yeah. i mean like and maybe that's maybe that is a maybe mimicking him is not really what he wanted, but it okay. You know, I don't know. It, what, what would be your what would be your best guess, dude? I have no idea. I don't know why. I have no idea. I've got no idea. Yeah, I, I just I just don't think he was the character that my my mother thought he was. He was trying to get a good pussy or something. I don't know. Yeah, like, you say no you say idea. that quite a bit. Is your mom super hot? Because you say that a lot. Um, was she super hot? My mom's traditionally beautiful. Yeah. What does that mean? Blonde hair, blue eyed, fit body. You know what? A, the traditional television style. She's just a little bit not. Uh, I mean, she's got a, a lot of uh, self esteem issues. Hmm. Um. Very interesting. Yeah. Um. It's interesting how. Um so raw and like so much how so much there's so much pain there you know i really wish you didn't have to feel that way um uh yeah i don't think anybody like it, it, the way i see it is like you're a slave to it it's owning you it controls you and like an ego it want it, it wants to be fed by you and it will be fed you know it will it will it will take shape as a victim to be fed 
it will take shape as something that was hurt, a pain body that needs, that is like the source of all certainty comes from this relic of uncertainty. It's, it's this, it's your blueprint, you know, and it's not, it's not the best one that's going to match the lifestyle that you desire. That's going to match the results and an ultimate goodwill and self-esteem that you desire that we all desire, you know, but it's not going to serve you in the long term. And I know you conceptually abstractly understand that, but I wish I could snap my fingers like Thanos and you could, it would just disappear and dissolve. And then you'd be left with like this, your, your, your true self. And then maybe you could take a step into progress and maybe take one step into who you want to be, not as a reaction of what has happened to you. You know, I really want that for you. It's crucial. Mm -hmm. It's crucial. You know, uh, building on that, I think that I just, anytime we get into like these little debates and stuff and like we get into philosophical quandaries and, and things of that nature, which I enjoy, mm -hmm. your stepfather inevitably comes up. It's like an ex-girlfriend, you know, oh, dude, I, I just don't have anything. I don't have, you know, that many references. It's, I know, totally. But it's hard to, it's hard to compete with that when like the, the roots are just kind of so here's an, here's another example that I don't really get into that much um but I actually don't know enough about it so it's almost like and then then I have to preface this this way um because it's not any way a dig or anything like that or even um there's no purpose and I have I don't know the answer this seems like I I definitely feel like I have more of a uh, a grasp on on my stepfather in the military but my uh i was born in nevada you talked about being born in oklahoma um yeah. and then getting to by ways of by ways of those places we all both ended up here in texas yeah, totally um before i moved from from uh from nevada i was going to school in california and um my mother has a, a good friend um, that she went to high school with and yada, yada, yada. She has a son, same, similar age, a little bit younger than me. And he went and joined the military. Um, and I've seen him kind of go down a rocky road with it. Um, on and off, wife, girlfriend, had a kid, yada, yada, yada. But I I don't know. I, I, I know him a little bit better. And definitely the military is different since, since the time that my stepdad entered the military. And... He, Emmett, um, is much more, uh, and he's just much more connected, you know, with the world. So it's 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 not that the military, uh, it's just the military that I grew up in that that's bad or, or was bad. Maybe it's not so bad anymore. I don't know, but that's that's probably just I don't know. I don't know. I'm telling you as like a dear friend and like if you want to if you let me in like someone that could that could tap into like a brother space you know um there's this great quote heal the boy and the man appears I really believe in that 
what is what is that what what do you how do you interpret that i interpret that like we i look back at young knives and and um that i have to just tell him like it's not your fault it's not your fault that you didn't have um captain america as your dad it's not your fault that your mom was a single mother and couldn't take you to school and be the emotional support system that you needed. Um, it's not your fault that um, you grew up so isolated and alienated from the world and you were a sensitive soul and, you know, you needed a friend, somebody to listen to you and that you weren't just looked at as a burden. It's not your fault, you know, that you weren't be there for you weren't that I, young knives wasn't there for certain events that he should have been there for. It's not his fault, you know, and I, and I tell him I love him young knives and I say, it's okay, you know, and, um, it's going to be okay. And then once like he's healed, thank God, you know, and I'm so happy for him and he's good. Now here I am 32 year old knives and I have to reckon with me as a man and what I have and who I have to be there for. And, I go back to hunting and sharpening my tools, so to speak, insofar as my work, you know, and how I provide. Um, and then there's like an ownership that takes place, right? Of here I, I'm accountable for my Maslow hierarchy of needs. And so I'm going to start getting to that. That's all I can control, you know? I can't, I'm not going to be, I, I can't create a vaccine for COVID-19, you know, I can't heal my father's PTSD, you know, and so on. Um, but what I can do is be the best man that I could be, be someone that would want to be friends with me, be there for people who maybe wouldn't be there for me, but I'd be there for them, you know, so they can count on me and their time of need and so on, you know. And once you heal the boy, the man appears and it's a, it's a, it, you start realizing that it's a lot of work. But ultimately, when you boil it down to its essence, it's a decision. And it's quite healing, and it's good for you. Is that just like a saying, though? Like, what? what's the executables? What are the practical? What's the practical? Part? Does it come with the manual? No, it's a quote. It's oh, a quote. Okay. Yeah. It's a quote, buddy. You know, you have to but make the But did you do something that you, can you remember something you did to, to There's a great to... podcast um, that I did with Erica Marco, who I met at the Austin podcast meetup. And uh, I forget what the episode is called, but there's a great timestamp where I start reading from my journal. I don't know if you ever mm -hmm. got to that. And it's the most vulnerable I, I ever was. Not mm -hmm. only when I was writing it, but when I was reading it for the entire fucking world to see. It was like the entire world looking at my dick under a microscope, like so vulnerable. And, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I, I would go back to that because it it was very healing. And uh, I'll send you a timestamp of it. It's long. It's like a 10-minute. I'm reading from my journal. But when we get, we actually get to a verdict, we get to an actionable, we get to a, a feeling of relief, you know. Um, that's what... That's what closures like. It's the closest thing to closure that you can get, you know, is accepting and moving on. Like a closure is accepting yourself, you know, essentially. Um, and when you when you're a pain body, you know, which I know that you are, you clearly are, you know. Um, 
it's kind of hard to get anywhere in quicksand, you know, it's hard to get anywhere. Um, especially during this time, like it's going to be impossible, you know, and you can save yourself a decade if you cut that cancer out as soon as possible. That'd be great. I want that for you. That's interesting. I don't necessarily know what you're talking about, um, but well, I, I definitely it's your anger understand. with your stepfather. How can you not know? That's what we're talking. That's what we dedicated an hour to on this podcast. You know. Um, oh right, right. Yeah. Um, it's not serving you. Right. Um, hmm. And I, and I have an obligation to tell you that because I love you. I love you, you know? And um, I see so much of myself in you, not in a condescending way. Like, I see my present self in you, not my 12-year-old self. Like, I see who I am today as a man in you, mm -hmm. you know? And like a little brother, like I, you know, I think it's like an older brother's obligation to, to show your younger brother cool things, cool ideas cool albums mm -hmm. and movies and concepts and gear, but also tell him since you're like one mile up the marathon, you know, here's what I recommend. So you don't shit your pants mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I did, <laughs> you know, mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. as we're winding down here, man, um, is there anything that you want to close with? Cause I want you, you want you to be able to look up at this podcast and be like, cool. I got my shit in. Yeah, um, so I, I feel like we just kind of – the reason why we go down so deep into the the family origin, yada, yada, is because Austin Live and Local is so grassroots, rooted in where I grew up, what are people like where I grew up, what kind of ecosystems develop out of that, how can it be done better, what are some of the faults, what are some of the – things and so then it gets to the point where I'm like okay in my situation am did was I groomed to be the person the leader that this community needs and then there's all I, I'm super critical of myself so I look at like what what behaviors do I exhibit that you know are reminiscent of the situation uh, that I grew up in the characters that played in that situation and then uh, we'll be better. But, and then I talked to you about the fact that um, Austin Live and Local is not, you know, the name is not an original idea. And 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 then, you know, at any point in time, is there going to be some sort of like contention with that being, that being there, um, because someone say, oh, that was my idea or whatever, um, and then then having to do i don't know what the answer to was was austin live and local uh, ever like a, uh, an s corp or an llc or something no i'm the first one to make it that oh well then you have nothing to worry about yeah sort of period i, I, I guess but period but to the maybe <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean you're more it, than welcome to reach out to this person yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I, 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 ha, ha, ha. That, that goes back to where I was talking about is if opportunity is, is knocking, it should reach out to me, you know? Um, 
that's this. Yeah, but you know, you know, swallow your pride and reach out to people first, because maybe I mean you, I have maybe I, I maybe have. I'm not, I'm maybe not, from I'm their not. perspective, you're the opportunity. So the I'm, onus I'm is on you. I'm obviously just not talking down the right channels. You know, I I can't you know, I can't go on a fishing expedition. You know, if I chat with them here or there, or maybe it wasn't the right time. Yada yada yada. All of this. That maybe I'm I don't even know who they are. I shouldn't. I just know that they exist. You know. Um, sure. Maybe maybe uh, you're the opportunity, and it's uh, it's the responsibility is on you to reach out to them. Maybe they're waiting for you. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know who they they them. Thus, you know, all proper pronouns. I have no idea. Like, it seems like I, something I, you could easily figure out, though. No, it's not. That's what I'm saying. You can't I've, DM. That's why I said I did. <laughs> like, you know, following what I said, I've done that. That's been done. That you know, it's it's. The, the the ball is in their court, you know. Sure. The ball's in their court. That's so then the one. next thing is like obviously, you know, you have Indie Darlings, I have Cyber City Media, and that project, you know, is a matter of just letting it age as well, you know. It's more of a online international project than it is you know, localized, um, has similar, um, has a very similar, uh, what's, what am I blanking on here? Um, for the word I'm looking for, same morals, same ethics, same values. That's what I'm looking for. Values has similar values. Um, obviously it's just not rooted in, in, in geolocation and, you know, it has a little bit more an emphasis on a culture, an internet culture of Twitch and Periscope and, and live streaming and um, a sentiment towards uh, futurism and Bitcoin technology and this sort of things and developing and creating content surrounding that. And then obviously I've got my esports project um, and some other other projects that have arose, you know, just out of like necessity, like the idea that gig economy workers in the rideshare space need access to, to informational resources and education space and, and sort of things like that of just coming from my experience and some of the, the trials and tribulations that I've gone through delivering groceries or delivering food or, um, or driving people around um, online, and then I guess another project that I that I have is my personal project, which is the Trent Knox Productions Company, in which I you know I'd love to make more music videos, short films, narrative-based projects, um, and I, I, I'm, I'm like at this time I don't consider myself a writer. Um, I'm I'm you know not developing a screenplay or doing anything like that, so. You know, I'm 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 not that creative in that in, in that regard. I'm more of a technical person right now. Um, I just want to execute, get get GSD, you know, have find the finances to get the work done for people who are more creative and are more focused on the on painting the picture and having the right tools to paint the picture, you know, having the 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 special colors that they need or whatever that thing is and 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 being the go-getter for that, um, 
And inversely, you know, unfortunately, I don't have a ton of money, so I can't get people to go get things for me. Um, and also don't necessarily, I don't necessarily know if my toolbox will fit the things that I want. Which is what? What do you want? Um, you know, the other day, Sunday, because mm -hmm. it was happening during WrestleMania, and you, you did a live stream called Objectives and Goals. Mm -hmm. Did I, did I miss the, did I miss the goals? What they were exactly? Uh, no, I mean, I was talking, I didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't structured. It was a free flow of convert of, of conversation. So I, you know, I just, right. But what we're, put a we're, dash of goal here and a dash of goal there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've stated my goals several different times in, in a structured format, but in that way I was trying to just like play with the Play-Doh, try and figure it out, you know, try to make a dinosaur, try to make a, you know, I'm a Mr. Potato Head out of the play Play-Doh, try to, you know, you know, and then turn that into something and, and, and make, make, some sort of thing out of that. I was being very um, abstract in my the way I was talking, and it, and you know that that's a <laughs> to my detriment. That's probably something that I do a lot is that I don't I don't really go in, and even in this podcast, I didn't really go in. I was that's okay when it's when it's yeah. you and me. Like I I think we can just talk, right? Like there are people that approach me with topics. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, but is that a podcast? Like, what are we going to do? Because I have, I have that, you know, microwave content, turn the heat up 100,000%. And, you know, I could have, I can go with you and we can just be agitated the whole time. But I know that you have value, you know, where I could just be cutting in on you and you probably would cut off the podcast if I did that. I don't know if that's the type of person you are or not. Uh, but like, we could just like, turn up the volume a whole lot, you know, and just, just like ramble and, and have really aggressive, um, aggressive conversation. But that's just not, I'm not always there. You know, I'm not, I'm, my mindset's not yeah, always we started talking, where we I'm started talking like at eight 30 in the morning bait. too. So, I mean, who's in the, who's ready to go at that level at, you know, like at eight 30 in the morning, but no, I feel you, man. Um, no, I mean, I mean, even at eight thirty in the morning, like if it's just never, I, I don't think we've ever done this. You and I have never done this. Actually, in studio, maybe we've done this, um, where it's just like it's so boom, 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 like that. Like, whereas, like for me, it's it's it, there are moments in this, um, but they're just different. They're not they're not TMZ moments. They're not. Um, that's not the goal. I, I I thought that the goal, at least for me, was maybe I'm. Be, this is disingenuous to the audience. Is to 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 figure out what we're doing, why, how we can you know. How we can make it in in America, um, given the circumstances that are currently happening, um, and for people like me, obviously like. Nas, I don't think you've really talked. You don't talk that much about um, people who are in your situation and what kind of suffering you're going through. Um, you know, as as somebody who 
who has um a, a, a job a traditional job mm-hmm. um but i don't actually don't know what your contracts look like and i you know it, it's not about getting into your your bank account but more understanding like what what are the what are the what's your day-to-day process and then how did that process come to be you know but maybe you're living it so maybe you're just like you know i uh it's so funny how how do people like you like what do they think i i just don't, I don't know. know i don't know who people like me are and i'm not trying to be coy like yeah. I, I don't know i i don't know uh, one of my good friends nop dave nop top who's um been on the show a few times you know he's like 12 years older than me or maybe 10 years older than me and uh doesn't have kids you know but he's a creative and has like a mad tiktok game but I wouldn't say he's like a creative like me. We're different. But you know? does he have a job? Oh, I, I really need to check up with him because he was sort of like a D Rock for a YouTuber, which is a really cool because that offers a lot of cool opportunities. Um, sort of like micro, not being micromanaged, which is fun. Um, right. But I need to know. I'm curious how his how he's being impacted um, for sure. So I need to check up on, check up on him. But, you know, I don't know Peter McKinnon. I feel like we're similar in so far as we're both dads. We've been in the game for a long time, um, but I'm not at his level, but I'm also not aspiring to be at his level. Um, so, but I, I, I don't have connections with him, so I don't know. Is he like, an artist? I don't know if he would call himself an artist. I think he would just simply call himself a photographer first and foremost. Yeah, but like I'm I mean you're you you fit into the category of of somebody who's an audiovisual specialist and I'm just curious like you know people who are on those sorts of teams Yeah, there's a, th- that's for other people to kind of say like I wouldn't call myself an audio video specialist, you know? So that's a compliment where I come from. Like I wouldn't call myself a specialist at anything mm-hmm. at all. Um But but you work under an umbrella of of other people doing other shit, of course, but like you work for a company and, and that company does those I for things. A, I work for a nonprofit, you know? And so yeah. I help them with their uh, visual and sonic assets for sure. And yeah, who, who else does that? You know, I don't um, know. Many I, I don't, I, I do, you know, and I say this and it's, um, it's just unremarkably boring and true. Like I don't have friends in this space and I certainly don't have friends, but you know, I don't have friends in this space. You know, I, I have a few buddies. I think that's a who, that's who are filmmakers a in New York, but that's not what they do for a living. They, you know, one of my friend Jr., who um, was just on the podcast, he I think identifies as a filmmaker, but you know, he works he works you know at a Whole Foods, and that's great. You know, but I don't think he looks at himself as like a an organic produce specialist, you know? Right, so, right, 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 right. so I, it's like, I have friends that dabble, but, but people who are afforded the privilege and luxury to be able to do this for a living. I don't Whole know time. any, I don't know any, you know, I don't, I just don't. Yeah. But you know, I see those and, and this is the thing about you. You're such a rock star in this way. And you're such a, you know, a digital pirate in this way is that you don't embody that, you know? Um, no. And I'll tell you why. And this is what I wanted to say is there's so when I was growing up and filmmaking was the only game in town, I didn't know if I, I identified as a filmmaker, but I don't know if I looked at my, and I didn't look at myself as a genre filmmaker. Like, you know, there's people that are like, I do horror films or I, I do comedies 
or I make mm-hmm. action films. I didn't ever see myself as a genre specialist. Like I didn't have a thing, but mm-hmm. I will say like being more like a D rock, like being more a multimedia person. I'm not, I there's genres in that as well. And I don't identify I'm a goddamn independent. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, 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 kidding. But I don't, I don't like the, like I cringed when you called me a rock star. Like, and you know, you know, I wouldn't like that. But I'm not the guy that, and and I don't try to be because there's people that are overt at it. Maybe I've taken a selfie here and there, like on an airplane. But like, I don't try to. I I don't. I'm not like. But you don't cover up your tattoos when you go to a corporate office. I I mean, forgive me, but it never would have occurred to me to do that. I don't know why I I would do that. I still don't know. It's part of the culture. I mean, that was never taught to me. Dude, I was that guy. um, I've told the story a few times, maybe not on the podcast, but like uh, Catholicism was like the main game in town where I grew up. And my mom wanted me to get my first communion which is like there's like this sort of uh, pyramid structure to catholicism and but i never mm-hmm. passed like i never they never accepted me because i, I mm-hmm. showed up graduation day to to eat the blood of christ and they're like no not you and i was like what why did i show up here like i walked all the way over here you know and i was mm-hmm. like 13 but i would show up at ccd that's what they called it as marilyn manson for halloween you know mm-hmm. and i wore marilyn manson shirts to church and people would be like they couldn't tell me I couldn't show up, but it was also like, fuck this guy. And I was a little shit. Like, I knew what I was doing, but I was also not going to, what was I going to wear, a tux to church? Like, so I, I grew up very raw. Like, what you see is what you get. And I'm proud of that. And that's part of my brand. But what am I supposed to do? Cover up my tattoos? I mean, I wear a suit sometimes to big events, but by and large, I don't, I'm, I don't, I, I, I just don't think, I think corporations have come a long way quite honestly especially especially if you're a photographer like you can get away with wearing vans most places like as a photographer you know so people don't care i'm invisible you know like i remember telling my work like uh i i kind of like always rock the mohawk that's what it's gonna be you know and they're just like we wouldn't expect that we don't care it was just like okay <laughs> and i'm like okay cool that's all i needed to know like i wasn't i, I mean come on like I, I, if i ain't gonna work for someone that is that petty necessarily, you know? And so my job's cool when it comes to that. Like I've never gotten an issue ever, ever, ever. I don't think I ever would. And I also, that was my first impression. I mean, it's a totally different time too, but I yeah, mean, totally. When, when I think of AV people that are like, like you or, or whatever, you know, I think of kind of stuck up, you know, I kind of think of them as, you know, not, they're the type of people that don't want anybody to, they're, they're so protective of their job. They're That's like, part if, of it. Yeah. I've met they, them. It, I've met them too. I've met them too. Yeah. Those people. And I mean, they did cover up their tattoos. They do whatever to, you know, whatever had they'd have to do. For they're me, like, like working a job where I don't have to cover up my tattoos, like is, is success, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. for other people, like, they want to succeed in a different way. You also have the personality that you'd never cover up your tattoos. Yeah, I don't know why it wouldn't have occurred to me to do that. I will say, and I've said this before too, and Claire doesn't like this, but if I was 16 today, today, mm-hmm. you know, and like growing up the way kids are, like shit, I would have been one of those guys that got tattoos on their faces. I'm still a little conservative and that I think that's pretty gnarly. That's a commitment. But today, mm-hmm. growing up on how just wild everything is, 
I think it, I would have been that kid that was like, yeah, get a tattoo on my face and been like, what? What of it? But is that like, are, <laughs> you know, are tattoos a part of your culture? My culture, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but is tattooing your face a part of your culture? Well, I think I think tattooing your face is now accepted in a mainstream sense. It's still considered provocative, but the same way that a septum 15 years ago, septum piercing was considered provocative. Now it's like nothing. Now your nurse has a... As a sept your dentist has a septum piercing, you know. So, uh, also Austin, right? That's the other thing. Like, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. it, it, they don't give a fuck. Like, come on now. I, I, have you ever gone to IKEA in Round Rock? And there's this guy with like an orange mohawk that's like two feet tall. Yes. You, you probably know exactly who I'm talking about. Like, yes. every time I see that guy, I'm like, oh yeah, I live here. This is cool. You know, it's pretty fun. Yeah, um, but, but, I, I, but I don't. Um, but I don't like the. Um, and if I was a millionaire, I hope this wouldn't change. I wouldn't. I don't think I would change, to be honest. Um, it, in terms of like, um, like look at Adam Sandler. This guy looks like he just wears a T-shirt wherever he goes. I think I'd kind of stay that way. But dude, something about me. There's something about me that when I grew up, I just wanted to be the. I just wanted to be that guy that hit his tattoos. I wanted to be that guy. For some reason. Interesting. And that's my dad. That's my stepdad. Maybe that's the thing. I was like, I still linger. He hides his tattoos and all that stuff. Yeah, that's a that's in the military culture. You have to do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I didn't grow up with that. I didn't. You know, maybe my father would have would have called me a fag or something if I had. Dude, a, I wish. A tattoo wish. at sixteen. That's just not the case. Like, I mean, um, behind closed doors, maybe, but not not like in. Not in reality. Some some place, dude. Uh, somebody, I don't know. Something just shifted my paradigm. Maybe after, especially after high school, it was just like I went and lived on my own. And um, you know, my best my best bud, you know, was my roommate, and we just had a complete disagreement because he was criminal justice. He was stuck on the whole concept of, you know, drugs. You know, no, didn't understand bond beyond the blinders what what was going on then he and then you know maybe that's changed since now i haven't spoken with him forever forever dude we got into disagreement and it was just over no more communication um i tried to reach out to him before but it didn't really go nowhere uh and you know i haven't spoken with anybody that i grew up with really i mean i see him every once in a while and be like hey what's up whatever what's good what's popping whatever um you know, obviously I'm way different culturally than I was when I grew up. I was like the, I was like, I told you on, um, we were texting back and forth. I was like, man, I was a, an FFA kid, auto tech football kid. And now I'm like this gamer, which I was a gamer growing up too, but I never, it wasn't like, it didn't define me in any way, but now it seems to, you know, oh, he's the guy who does esports too, or he's the guy who does this or does that. Yeah. kind of definition in that way kind of whatever but um my style's definitely not i don't wear boots that much anymore because shit's uncomfortable um and i'm not you know i don't have any reason to wear steel toes or anything like that i'm not even working on anything stupid you know auto techs or cars or anything I need to p protect my feet um so i mean like i'm just way chill way chill and um you know, I'll, I go to the beach, you know, any type of place I take off my shirt or whatever, I guess I'm not walking around the world shirtless, but, you know, 
I don't have any issue with with tattoos. I just don't know, you know, I'm not as I don't know with tattoos like after getting my second tattoo, I was like maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> maybe I should have been more uh more thoughtful about the art. You know, I didn't mm, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because mm. growing up, um I also knew that I was going to have this career as an artist and nobody was going to like, I'm an artist, you know? So it was easy mm-hmm. to kind of just buy into, I've never felt after getting a tattoo, like, uh Oh, uh Oh, I don't know if I should have, man, what if like, what if bank of America doesn't want to, you know, no, I've never thought that ever because I chose, I chose a life oh, man, in I tandem had that feeling my with my lifestyle. Tattoo. My first tattoo was like, Oh, I don't know. I should, maybe I shouldn't or whatever, but but my second one, I was like, damn, man, because um, it was a new tattoo artist. She was just doing it for like really – it was like a, not a good deal. It, w- I mean it was a good, great financial deal, but it wasn't like – you know, I didn't know. I didn't know. I was too stupid. I was 18 years old or whatever, you know. Yeah. Um, but I just didn't – I didn't put much thought into it. Um, and if I did it now, I'm, I'm sure I'd have a huge back piece or something like that from like Kat Von D or something like it. You know, like – yeah, something serious, you know, like a an a, an art, a piece of art, you know. Yeah. Whereas tattoos were like, you know, it was just like a, I don't know, it was like, oh, this thing looks cool, but not knowing like anything, what what is that, what you know, mm-hmm. and is the artist going to draw that good or whatever, you know, what yeah. I have no idea. So I'm just kind of, you know, my next tattoo, if I would do another tattoo, um. It just has to, it's got to have a lot of thought into it, you know? Of course. Yeah. You got to put a lot of, you know, and also like tattoo artists, like I was offered a lot of free tattoos when I was working, uh, working with this tattoo artist um, who was pretty good at doing tattoos. No, no disrespect. It was just like me personally was like, what do I want to sacrifice? You know, getting a tattoo for free, you know, does not, you know, you gotta, you gotta give something up. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, I grew. And I also associate tattoos to lovers. So, like the first tat, the first tattoo was associated to one lover. The second tattoo was associated to another lover. And so, like, I never got a tattoo for the third lover. Uh huh. Um, and the reason why was I was like, I don't want to remember this. <laughs> oh yeah, obviously, yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was pretty devastating. The third thing because it was just like what do I do like I, I don't know see I, I, like you asked me like where what um, actually you know what um, I should be more specific lover in the sense of sexual sexual intercourse oh um, I thought you were referring to uh, like a homosexual lover <laughs> no 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 oh okay uh, n- well I, n- I know you're joking but well you're bisexual um, right I'm bisexual yeah um, I mean, I've never, never met a man that I would, you know, give it to or take it from, uh-huh. but I mean, the thought of it, but you're not, perfect. you're not, um, ruling it out. No, I mean, the thought is, the, the thought is it's obviously a turn on. It's a turn. The idea yeah. is titillating. The, the, the idea is hot. That's what you're saying. The hot is super hot. Yeah. Um, but none of those tattoos are from, uh, male lovers. After no, all, huh? Oh, no. none of them. Well, I only have two tattoos, so no, so none so of them are so, so neither. Hmm. 
Um, Interesting. Shocking. So let me think about this. Um, but you asked me about people in life uh, and what, you know, who, uh, you know, who I crave the love more of. And I can go well, through from every your single from, girl from since your I was mother, in kindergarten. From your mother or from your stepfather. I know, I know you That's put it that way. But I'm, 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 I'm being more specific about love, like where I, where I craved it from and I really wanted it from was um, initially this girl in kindergarten. Her name was Brittany, but she was actually on, uh, she was, her name wasn't really Brittany because oh, she her, was one of her, those. Her family was, uh, whatchamacallit, um, Mormon. No, Jehovah's her Witness. On, uh, whenever they're, they've seen a crime and there's, you know, um, they were taken away from the area. Witness that they were, protection. They were under, yeah, she was from Witness Protection, right? Um, something like that. That's the story. I don't remember it that much. And then in kindergarten, uh, you she told you that? No, this is a story my family tells me. I don't know. Um, huh. Something my mom said to me one time. And I don't know if that's even true, but interesting. Um, um, yeah, then then Sarah, who I recently saw, and uh, she, she was working in Round Rock. How's she um, doing? You know, working. Um, she's a waitress, which oh, is she, um, a server. Which, please. I would have thought server. Please. I think she's also a nurse. I, I'm I'm not per very certain. That's cool. Um, but yeah, this is wasn't realistic i guess mm. uh, that relationship yeah. and then some mm, i get kind of my timeline messed up here because i i actually went i i went to a christian school a lutheran school and there was um there was some there's probably some interest there but i can't remember really? it was too short it was like half a year there ooh um, then I went back to public school and then, um, dude, I kept on crushing on these girls that grew up in my neighborhood. That was just a bad, a bad rap. Um, and I don't know, maybe that's a, like a, a socioeconomic thing. It's like, oh, if, you know, I don't know. Um, there was this girl, Madison, there was this girl, um, Courtney, both of them, like, and then there's another Sarah, another so Sarah, different. It's funny, Sarah. like, we grew up in such different cultures. Like, the girls that, you know, like, same, just like you, like, pre K, kinder, first grade, I had a crush on, like, a different girl. But it's like Sulema, Margarita, uh, Yahaira. Like, it's, it goes like that. <laughs> <laughs> but once she got older, it became Claire, you know? But, but, but her full name is Claricia. Oh. <laughs> I've only dated three intimately, uh three white chicks, you know. Um uh -huh. not for me. But you want to you want to hear the off the offbeat one here? Okay. Um not offbeat. That's probably fucked up. Um <laughs> it and um I did date an African American girl in my my freshman year i actually really like you know that you know what that means what's that you're not racist i guess that's true that's what um, that means i would have led with that um yeah i don't i don't know if that's true i think you can gradually change race you can I, be racist one day and i i have accepted that i will never date a black girl 
and I feel like, oof, that's hard to swallow. Um, same thing with um, Indian and, you know, Asian stuff like that. But, um, Dude, but I've accepted um, it. I probably would date it. an Indian, but the, this girl, Samira, so, like, she um, she like, she was a client of mine. Um, and it was, I was just a driver for her. So I'd drive her from, uh, from San Marcos to, to Lubbock. And we, you know, she and I had, she was one of the only, only, I got to know her. So I was like, Oh, well, you know, she's interesting, but I don't, you know, client, um, that whole thing is not, that's not just, that's just not the way to go. But I'm trying to think of another, uh, Mia Khalifa. I don't know. <laughs> She's Lebanese. You know? It's Lebanese. Lebanese, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Shit. I don't know. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Outside of that, it's all been white girls. That's cool. Um, Emily, but she actually, Emily was actually half Hispanic, but obviously whatever. Obviously. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Do you feel comfortable with putting all their names out there? Yeah, because I mean they're not gonna do nothing. They, this is the same same old crap, man. It's like, uh, but what about to uh, what about the, the 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 future lover that goes back and binge listens to these podcasts? Dude, you know hears, what that does? She hears Trent Knox it, it, talking about Emily. Yeah, but isn't that honesty? You tell me. I think it is honesty. You know what? And honesty is the best policy. Right. But they're still going to freak out no matter what. That's just the reality of, you know, the the type of women that I've been with. Maybe that's different from the one that's in the future. But um, honestly, I don't know. Policy. Every single every single real relationship, real relationship, not the the, you know, crushing or whatever um, that some of these people that I've talked about are were just like crushers growing up. Mm -hmm. Um Oh yeah, it's, you know, there's two in high school that that really resonate, and that's you know Shay and Alicia. Whoa, um, Alicia is doing well, man. She's doing really well, really well. Shay, eh, not so much. <laughs> Whoa, not so much. But uh, you know, much you, love for both of them. You have uh, not the same. You have the Google alerts turned on for these women. No, I mean, like I'm still on Facebook. You know, like oh. Uh, and every once in a while, some somebody does something that you know is associated with somebody else, and I'll be like, "Oh, yuck," or "Oh, nice, cool." Right. Um, of course. You know, I've been in this time. I, there's been a lot of reminiscing going on in this pandemic. So much. I don't know about yourself, but thinking about like past and whatever the past, and that's maybe where the stepdad stuff comes from, and the daddy problems, and the mommy problems, and all of those things. Um, Would you say you have daddy problems? Oh, absolutely, man. I don't. I don't know my biological problem, father. I don't, and I barely like my stepfather. So, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I have mommy problems too. Yeah. Because like, my mom hasn't always been there, and I never got a stepmom. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, of course. Um, and Pornhub and that sort of thing will, will have you jaded. Oh, okay. I'm not into that. You don't you don't pay attention to the culture of Pornhub at all. I know the culture. Yeah, I like oh, to keep okay. my fingers on the pulse, but I don't. I'm not into like the incest porn at all. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's the only. I was just I was just joking. I do. I've me too. <laughs> just kidding. 
I'm totally into it. No, uh, no, I, I don't know. I think it came from like the the new 13 year olds. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many stepmoms and stepfathers out so there. Weir- it's so weird. And so, I mean, of course, like if you've got a banging bang up stepmom, why, why wouldn't you have those sort of fantasies? Because you know that it doesn't matter. And that's not necessarily incest, but it does. There are those videos out there that are like, this is my actual mother. <laughs> you yeah, know? that's that's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I've personally never came across those. I'm sure there is that. Maybe I have. Maybe maybe I'm... Uh, I, hope I, I hope not. Or at yeah. least I hope that they didn't inseminate. That's all I can... I guess I can pray for. That's all you can pray for. Trent Knox, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me. <laughs> we just, best ending ever right there. It's all you can pray for. Um, yeah, sorry. Where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> um, you can find me at Trent Knox on pretty much all social media. What about and TikTok? It, TikTok, I think that's Trent Knox TV. Woo! And, um... Any uh, any Zoomers out there that want to, you know, sit, hit me up in the DMs and tell me you just came of age? Um, oh my word! You know, <laughs> a boy, a boy wants to play. Maybe I'll never become a man. Um, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, they total they're totally listening to this podcast, and they totally made it. <laughs> they made it this far. So yeah, they made it this far. Their their attention span is uh, of the course of two hours. Yeah. Um, we're, we're, approaching, we're approaching think, three hours here. Well, three hours. Well, I mean, it's my course, longest podcast. I think we, we started off this com- call a little bit earlier. Um, I think, uh, what, what do I want to say? Austin live and local for sure. We just did a new episode with, um, Alex Stranger, which we're talking about like the, the impact of this coronavirus on Austin. That's a good one. Austin That's a good politics. podcast. Yeah, the video's out um, there too. So check it out. The video as well. Um, and then, last but not least, if you are a a um, fan of video games and you would like to learn a bit more about the culture of competitive gaming, um, I have an outlet online, Esports Business Network, um, and we help, you know, or I help, uh, it's just me at this time, um, I help people learn the culture and business of esports. That's awesome, man. Trent Knox is, he's taught me so much about streaming. I don't think I would have got an Elgato cam link without him. I certainly wouldn't be able to record the way I'm recording right now without him. So I thank you so much for that. If you guys want to know more about the audio video landscape, if you want to know more about live streaming, if you want to know more about what's happening April 2020, the cutting edge, the bleeding edge, of streaming esports and, and and everything of that nature, whether if it's Twitch, you'd be surprised how many people are not inoculated into that scene. I must implore you to check out Trent Knox. He's been a great friend of the show. It sucks that we can't do this in person right now. We gotta we gotta respect the law, respect the quarantine. But thankfully, uh, he's helped me out with the tools to be able to do this over the internet, and that's all that matters. So please check him out. DM him on Facebook, you know, and just say, hey, can you can you do this for me? And I'm going to tell you guys that he's worth every penny. So thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. It's the longest episode in uh, KVP 
history. So I appreciate that. Uh, Trent, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, and everybody stay safe and stay uh, hygiene. Keep their hygiene up and stay hydrated. Stay hydrated. Wash your hands, motherfuckers. <laughs>